All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 7 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, presented to you by our friends at Fantrax. Make sure you ditch ESPN and Yahoo this offseason. Move your league over to Fantrax using www. Fantrax.com slash DFO. If you join using that link, you will be automatically entered to win a signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Um, I'm Brock Segan. As always, we've got Michael Beebs Bondi with us as well. No Dylan today, but we do have a special guest, Mike McKenna. Uh, Mike, welcome so much to Daily Face Off and welcome so much to the Daily Face Off podcast. Thank you. Hi. That's, that's <laughs> my love, actually, Hugh Graham. Hi. Uh, it's great <laughs> to be it. here. Thanks. You know, the last couple of years, uh, I used the website like crazy as I entered into fantasy hockey with some friends for the first time. I never played while I was actively uh, playing myself. And then once I retired, I had some friends who wrote me into it, and I knew that Daily Faceoff is the place to go to find out who my starting goalies were and what the lines would be. And then the last couple of years working for the Vegas Golden Knights as a TV analyst, the same way, that's where I'd go to try to find out what line combinations, power play, all that stuff. So it's awesome to be on board. we got a lot of good things coming. I'm really excited to be here. It's great to know that people all over the hockey industry were using my work for all those years. Um, oh, yeah, you know, man. Just- Pat? Give it to yeah, yourself. Yeah, give yourself awesome. a couple over there. Yeah. Just a just a guy working in his basement. Now you get to join the team and work in your basement. So uh, welcome aboard. My closet, my guest yeah. closet. That's <laughs> this is my me room, guys. It's literally my guest room closet. There's all my all my masks, 
I think like, I don't know, 15 or 16. And most of the, most of the jerseys that I wore, they're all in here. So anybody that comes to visit gets, gets a little glimpse in what it was like for all those years. Well, that's a lot more impressive. Of our jerseys behind us. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, none of the ones that are behind us we've worn. Um, I have one, but we have the Jersey theme, but we, uh, we haven't worn ours professionally. So uh, yours is a lot more impressive, but we're glad you got that theme that uh, you gotta have a, you gotta have a Jersey behind you. Cause it just wouldn't be a show without it. So it fits. Um, yeah. So just a quick question before we get into things. I always am curious, is there fantasy sports in the locker rooms with other guys? Like, is it going on inside the locker room? Is it allowed not, even? Well, you know what? Not within like hockey that I, that I knew of. Uh, and it's kind of a weird dynamic, right? If you're trying to put yeah. France in, it's just, it, you're almost like too close to the game, I think. And, you know, I, my own fantasy experience was the guys that wouldn't be into their fantasy league were waiting for me to retire. You know, they, they was like, can we let him in while he's playing? And it was like, no, but I mean, fantasy football, fantasy football is huge in locker rooms. I that mean, makes sense. I'll never forget like Fedor Tutin in Columbus. I can't remember where Toots is from. You know, he's from Europe. I know he's European. I think he's maybe, he's either Czech or Slovak. I can't remember where Toots is from or maybe Russian. I can't remember where Toots is, but like he absolutely loved fantasy football more than anybody. And he came from a background that he never knew the sport at all, but he got so into it. You know, he's, we're on the plane and he's watching, uh, watching every single football game that he can find. And I don't know. It just kind of speaks to like how people can get into something they would have never expected when they have a vested interest and when they get competitive. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. where I really started to feel it, man. I came within like, I don't know whether it was like three shots on goal or a couple of saves of winning the league that I was playing in the last year. And oh, so I was you're, just, you're locked in now. You're, oh, oh. I was crushed though. Cause I was yep. thinking, man, no like going I'm, back. <laughs> I'm making a splat. I'm coming for it. You know, like I want that cup. We got a big aluminum cup that was made out of like a billeted aluminum and it's way over the top, like a lot of fantasy <laughs> leagues. Yeah. And so I, I got my, I've got my eyes on it. Um, I've got a plan. Of course, we have a big draft coming up here on October 10th, which Ooh. thankfully at Daily Faceoff, we have entire fantasy listings ready for everybody that I'll be using heavily to make sure yeah. I get the best team I can. Um, but yeah, it's kind of been it's been interesting to see like post-career how I've opened my eyes to fantasy sports. And I can see why other players enjoyed them from football and other sports so much while they were playing, even though I never really did it. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of the beautiful thing of fantasy sports. It's almost made people get into certain sports themselves um, just due to the fantasy aspect of them and yourself being a professional in it. You don't mind that getting a couple more eyes um, on yourself. Uh, another thing, too, that I, I was thinking of um, now that uh, like now that you're out of the game, do you, I know that personally um, Brock's a Red Wings fan, so he, he doesn't love to choose people um, on some of the rival teams. And personally, I'm an Avalanche fan, so um, I'm just going to say it. I, I'm not choosing a Minnesota Wild guy if there's a toss up um, right there. <laughs> um, is it, do you find there's anyone from back in your playing day that you're just kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't even want him on my fantasy roster, not even specific names or specific teams. Just uh, does that come into play at all as an ex NHLer? Um, just uh, since you know, none of us really have sat in those shoes. I would have never picked Tom Sestito ever in my Amazing. life, no matter what. <laughs> we had so many battles in the minors that, I mean, he was the greasiest player ever. And, you know, PL LeBlanc would want to fight him and he wouldn't go him. And then he gets the NHL, he'll fight anybody. Like, you know, you just kind of look at that. And it's funny now because you look back on those things and I'm sure we'd, I'm sure we'd get along, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Over in the moment, beer, it was like. Sure. I can't stand this guy, you know, and like hates a strong word, but that's one person I felt like I hated on the ice. And, 
Um, but really, I, aside from that, I don't think so, man. Like I really look, look at it through an objective lens. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> um, yeah. And I know like my, my co-owner of my fantasy team, who's it's actually his team and I kind of manage for him. It's, it's a gray area, uh, that I've been allowed in, but we had one pick this year that he wanted to hang on to because he's a big Rangers fan and he wanted to root for his guy, you know, and I was on the fence about it, but you know what? I deferred to the person who brought the team into the yep. league. And I thought, okay, you, this is, this has been your baby. I'm going to let you make this decision. And Keeper league, especially it's a little bit easier to go and it was, with, with well, a ride there, uh, a knock. Cause you can maybe have that guy yeah. for years to come. And then, you know, then you're both connected. Who knows? Then you guys are, you know, all, all jacked up for Rangers yep. games. And that's exactly how it was. Like the players we were choosing from were both keepers. Yeah. And, and realistically, like it was a pretty close wash, but I thought the other guy made more sense, but I deferred to him and, in retrospect, I think I would have won that battle, but like, you're never going to be perfect doing this stuff. And it was also Absolutely, kind of my first yeah. year learning, you know, and, and also it just depends on your league. Yep. You know, the other coop keeper we had ton of hits, right. It was actually, we had a choice between Brady Kachuk and Ryan Strom. Well, our league doesn't track hits, you know, Kachuk would have been way better at that. So we're thinking maybe Strom's going to be better offensively throughout the season with Panarin and Zabanajad and then. You know, it turned out that Brady was probably the better pick last season, but it was mostly because Strom fell off a little bit from his previous output mm-hmm. the year before. Well, Mike, yeah. you are fitting right into the show perfectly uh, because we are not huge fans of leagues that count hits. We always kind of knock Brady Kachuk, not because he's not a great hockey player, but just because offensively, hockey player. Offensively, yeah, so he, fun. So offensively fun. he might not contribute the same kind of counting stats, but in the hits and shots categories, he's amazing. So we always... Right. We always are kind of against Brady Kachuk and where he's being drafted, but what an incredible hockey player. But um, it was perfect timing with you joining Daily Faceoff because we were just about to record our goalies episode, which is what we've got today. So it was perfect to have you come aboard, talk goalies as a former goalie yourself. Um, So what I've asked you to do is kind of prepare some goalies that you think are ready to break out this season, really take that next step. Maybe guys that might be going a little bit later in drafts that could really um, benefit their fantasy hockey teams this year. So goalies that are just on the cusp and ready to break out in 2021, 22. Uh, let's start with your first guy. Well, yeah, I identified a few of them and I think that there's four of them that to me are, I think they're poised to be sure bets, especially in terms of fantasy. And there's a couple that are going to be more team dependent. And of course that's true for all goaltenders. Let's preface that. It matters how good your team is. Uh, I had Jacob Markstrom on mine last year and Jacob Markstrom is one of the best goalies in the world and took him a bit to get going. Calgary wasn't great. Missed some starts. You know, he ended up being a lower level fantasy keeper than we had expected to last year. Well, I think you look at this season, what teams are going to be good? What teams are getting better? I look at Spencer Knight first off. This young guy coming out of BC has dominated everywhere he's been. He dominated World Juniors. He's dominated at the collegiate level. He came out of college straight to the NHL last year and played very well for the Florida Panthers regular season and then he gets a chance in playoffs as well that's a lot for a young player to handle and it didn't phase him I love his demeanor I just don't know how much he's going to get for playing time when paired up with Sergei Bobrovsky who's got to be better so you know Bobrovsky's one motivated but two put the work in I think that's going to be a dynamic tandem and a team that wins a lot of games so if you can get Knight and Bobrovsky I really like that but I also think that Knight is a good looking pick when you're thinking about keepers when you're thinking about trying to get somebody down the road this is a guy who's going to project out really well cal peterson peterson's kind of a known commodity but the team hasn't been good in la you know i think that they're going to be better this year yeah they I made a statement t- by um protecting him over quick 
apologies yep. to cutting you off there. But yeah, that was a huge, huge vote of confidence to Cal in the offseason. Obviously, it is. Quick off. We all saw that. It's a yep. changing of the guard. Jonathan Quick, uh, his, his career just like his numbers and his game continues to erode. In front, I believe he has not updated his game, whereas Cal Peterson uh, has that youth to him. He's got the hunger and he's also got good instruction for Bill Ranford. He's on an upward trajectory. I would expect him to make the bulk of the starts this year. I think it's his net. And again, I like L.A. I think L.A. is probably going to be a bubble playoff team if their young players can contribute. There's a lot of them coming up from the American Hockey League. I like that they got Edler. I like Dan O going there. That's a better team. Keep an eye on Linus Olmark in Boston. This is a guy who's never been appreciated in the NHL because one, he played for Buffalo. Okay. You could put Pat Roy 1993 in the net for Buffalo these last couple of years. And he'd look like an orange cone. Well, isn't this almost Robin Lehner coming out a few years ago? um, Same thing. Chicago, just exact same situation. Completely underappreciated. The only knock on Allmark is that he has been injury prone. So it makes you a little bit leery coming in, but he's also going to face less action in Boston. It should be a little bit lighter workload. Not everything's on his shoulders and Tuka Rask is looming. So you don't really know what's going to happen, but I think Allmark from his advanced numbers project out very nicely for a team in Boston that should protect him well. And Demko, Thatcher Demko is ready to explode. If that mm. team in Vancouver is any good with him being paired with goalie coach Ian Clark, he continues to rise. You saw it two seasons ago in playoffs against the Vegas Golden Knights when he carried that team through an entire series and he kept going last year. He outplayed Braden Holtby by a mile to the extent that Holtby was bought out and went to Dallas on a one-year deal. And he's only three or four seasons removed from a Stanley Cup. That's how much they believe in Thatcher Demko. They brought in a good backup in Yaro Halak to take a little bit of the pressure off. But I see Demko's, Demko's game really going to an elite level. And if that team's good, he may be one of the top goalies in the, all of the league this year. Yeah, and, and I think one big step out there that might actually help him a lot is uh, Quinn Hughes last year. We we kind of saw him struggle on the back end, just mm-hmm. with 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 a lot more minutes. You gotta assume that they told him in the off season, or you know, he didn't even need to be told. I'm sure he figured it out to become a number one D man. There, you really do have to add that defensive side to your game. So if we see that that step forward from Hughes, that could be a massive step for Demko. And um, everyone loved those playoff games when he's just you know standing on his head. That that, yeah. that that that's in his system and uh and yeah I, i'm right there with you i think i think we're gonna see that this year hopefully yeah. and i think it helps for demko that they've gotten ekman larson that takes pressure off of hughes yeah you know quinn hughes is still gonna be their number one defenseman but he doesn't have to cover everything mm-hmm. and so by bringing in ekman larson you're bringing connor garland who's going to be a fire plug for that team he's going to give them plenty of juice um, I think Jim Benning has done a nice job overhauling that roster. So I think Vancouver should be, should be right in the thick of the things. I don't see them as better, a front runner, runner, but absolutely. They should yeah. be better. And if Elias Pedersen's in the lineup for the full season, I just that's the go, entire game changing thing in Vancouver. I just want to go back to one thing you said earlier, and it's all about the teams that you play for um, in the NHL. And I just want to bring up a quick story here because back in the day, I, uh, I never thought that I'd be working side by side with you, but when you were in Ottawa, I, uh, I wrote that they should leave you on the waiver wire for your start one night in Philadelphia. You went on to stop 34 of 37 shots in a win. Um, you know, it was funny. I was reading through and I'm always very nice. I, I never bash players. Uh, and, and it took me a while. I'm like, Oh man, McKenna's, you know, we had some nice, uh, some nice outings here and there. I was always very complimentary, but then one time I wrote McKenna has struggled at the NHL level lately. So make sure he stays on the waiver wire and not on your roster. And you proved me wrong that night. So, uh, I never thought that I was going to end up being working side by side with you. And, and you, you shut the, you shut the door that night. 
I would have never put myself in. I would have never picked myself up in fantasy playing for Ottawa. We were so bad. Like I, and I'm, <laughs> I, I, I was doing everything I could to play my best and it was never going to be good enough there. And the hard part of my career is like, you know, how many times was I really in a position to succeed? You know, like when I was on a team that was really rolling and good, not many like Columbus. You and far between. Yeah. Columbus is honest to God. The only time I felt like when I went in the net that we were the better team, a lot of nights and we should win, you know, you can go down that roster. I can look at these jerseys here, man. Like, yeah, you got I, uh, 14, 15 coyotes. Um, I mean, I got the token one game when Smitty needed a night off and it was in, <laughs> it was in Colorado at 5,000 feet after we'd flown in the night before. And is that breathing you know, thing? That's, that's a factor, right? I mean, I'm an avalanche fan, so I hear all about, and I see them kick ass at home. So I think it's real for teams yep. that really come in from different areas. Like the Western teams, like Vegas is halfway They're They're a half mile up. Colorado's a mile up. Yeah. But you know, I remember going there in college to play against Denver and Colorado college when I was at St. Lawrence university and thought this is real. Yeah. And I'd notice it when I'd go skiing as a kid, occasionally we'd drive out for, you know, a couple of days. And I think it play, it makes a difference, especially like on a one night, you know, you're in for one and out. Yeah. Like, not even getting adjusted. And, just, you know, you yeah. can kind of battle through like the first, but after that it starts to, to creep in. So yeah, man, that's just kind of the way my career was. Like I, I don't never hold a grudge against you on that one, but it's, uh, <laughs> I think you, I think you made the right call, but that, that night in Philly was wild, man. I think we were down three, nothing before we know it middle of the second period. And then Matt Duchesne backhand out of midair, a rebound and somehow finds the net and gave us life. And the coolest part of that game was at the very end, we, we went up winning four, three, make a couple saves in the third and, and, feeling pretty good about this. And the first person to hug me after the game was over was Brady Kachuk, you know, and Brady is a St. Louis kid who used to shoot at goalie camps that I put on when he was like a 13 year old pipsqueak, yeah. you know, do you remember his brother, Matthew. Yeah, do you remember yeah. them from, from back? Oh, obviously. I mean, they're well, yeah, kids, I had to would. ask them to come yeah. shoot at the camps, yeah. right. They're the yeah. only like 13 and 15 year olds. I trust to shoot on the 17 and 18 That's year olds. Amazing. Yeah. Like I'm sure somewhere I can dig up the text from Matt, Matt Kachuk saying like, I'm sorry, Mr. McKenna, I can't make it today. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. And then, you know, six, seven years later, uh, Brady Kachuk's a, a rookie on our team. He's going to be the captain of that team. If, if Ottawa stops blackmailing him and to get into a, a long-term contract. Um, and he's the first guy to congratulate me at the end of the game. You know, I've got a picture of it. It's just like, this type of stuff is just wild, man. Like how it can spin in circles. Full, it all comes yeah, full, yeah. You know, like my band, my band of double a coach was Don Koharski, the NHL referee. And lo and behold, my first NHL win, guess who's refereeing it in Tampa. Don, Don Koharski. You know what I mean? It just, that's uh that's that just lines up sometimes up too are, well. Yeah. They're pretty crazy, man. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, I, I, I opened the box score when I wanted to see how you performed that night. And I think Brady had two goals that night as well. Uh, I think yep. he had two and Matt had two. So uh, just a funny story there, just to go back now to some of your picks. I, I think that Spencer Knight obviously is somebody that can just be lights out this year. We've seen him yeah. perform at a really high level. That was already a team that was among the best defensive teams in hockey a season ago. You add in somebody like, you know, Sam Bennett, who at the end of the season was electric, Sam Reinhardt this offseason. Like, that should be a really good hockey team. And it, it's tough to see, like, it's tough to see him start, you know, 60% of the games with how much they're paying Bobrovsky. But if it's a 50-50 split, he could still be a number one fantasy option this year with how good he is and how good that hockey team is. Yeah, well, especially if you're in a league that's got places any precedence on goalkeepers, 
you know, you need four or five goaltenders. Mm-hmm. And if he's playing even 40% of games, I'd take that any day because I think he's going to win a lot. That's what it comes down to. And wins and saves, at least the leagues I've played in, those are really important. Uh, you can't beat wins. And I think, I think they're going to be there for night. I'd expect him to be really strong. Yeah, that's one thing that's really changed since, I guess, you joined Fantasy Hockey, Mike, is is five years ago, most rosters would only have two goalies because they absolutely just bell cowed goalies, as you know, mm-hmm. in the NHL. So you didn't really have to worry about these splits. But now that we have splits, you almost have to keep two, three extra roster spots just to play the right guys on the right night. If your team's playing against Tampa and you got four goalies, you're not going to play that goal, that goalie that's taken on Tampa that night or Colorado, one of the big, big boys there. Um, so, yeah, so having a guy like Knight could have a ton of value. Um, even if you don't have the tandem, it's still when you do play him, it is going to be a better option than if he is starting than, than a lot of your other fourth, fifth options might have. Um, and if you're in big leagues, there's not, not a lot of goalies out there. So all the tandems in the NHL now is the best thing for business. Now everybody's got to check dailyfaceoff.com to see if it's yeah. Peter Mrazek or Jack Campbell or Spencer Knight or Sergey Bobrovsky. I like it. The bell cow 65 starts a, a season isn't, isn't great anymore. Uh, one other question for you, Mike, as a goaltender, how do you think the Olympics are going to affect the schedules and the workloads for some of these goalies this season? Do you think that you could see teams you know using a third goalie a little bit more often just to give give their big guys that might be going to the olympics like a vasilevsky uh an extra night off i'd be surprised especially if they went dipping in to grab a third goalie you know just knowing how salary cap is and things like that but i think that you know what you're likely to see is especially how that month ramps up leading up to the olympics i think you might see players get some time off in that and especially for teams that aren't doing as well that have goaltenders that aren't expected to play in the olympics they're going to play them heavy. Like imagine if you're sitting on the bubble, like let's say you're Vancouver and you're sitting on the bubble and you're riding Demko, even though you got Halak, let's say Demko's lights out. Demko's probably not in the mix for the Olympic club right now. Might be, but I would doubt it at this stage. You're going to ride that dream pony into the ground leading up to the Olympics because he's going to get three weeks off, you know? So I think that's something that fantasy uh, owners should definitely think about really that month or three weeks leading into Olympics where teams know that they have the availability to ride somebody if they have to, to try to make that push. Cause on the backside of the Olympics, it's going to be playoffs before you know it. It's going to be yeah. trade deadline before you know it, it's going to be go time. So I think that that stretch from, you know, mid December to mid January, late January, before those teams head off to go, I think that's going to be really important. One, um, thing that's ridiculous for fantasy owners this year and trying to figure out what's going on is what's happening in Dallas. Why do they have seven goalies? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it all comes down to Ben Bishop's health. And I know Ben wants to play desperately. He's not a quitter. He's not somebody who wants to just walk away and count as pennies. He wants to win a Stanley cup, but obviously the team is not convinced that he's going to be able to make it through an entire season. And I hate that man. Cause like, I'd love to see Bish win a cup, but you have to wonder now he's basically two years removed from playing hockey at this point, Mm -hmm. you know, a year and a half. How is he going to respond when he comes back? Is he going to be able to do it any longer? You know, the game just continues to get faster. He continues to get older. He's coming off injuries. He's going to want to prove everybody wrong. That's his nature. He's a battler, but you got to be careful. You got to protect yourself. And, you know, I think you look at Hudobin, he's performed in the playoffs, but he's been up and down in his career. He's never been a true elite goal. He's been able to go on runs, Jake Ottinger, I thought was great last year. I was, was. surprised that they picked up Braden Holtby. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that this is very much a long play for Dallas where they're trying to make sure they've got their bases covered so there's no question marks. Because if Bishop's hurt, let's say Hudobin gets hurt, you're going with Jake Ottinger and who else? 
You know, you're pretty thin there. Uh, they're able to get Holpe off the scrap heap who at least has experience winning a Stanley Cup. I don't like where his game's been the last two, two and a half seasons. I haven't seen any fire or jam out of him that I saw when he came into Hershey in the American League and then into Wash in the NHL and when he won that Stanley Cup. But maybe it'll light a fire. You get bought out. Yeah, still, <laughs> still young, only, that. only 30 years He's old. I mean, 30. I mean, you get bought out, that'll get your attention. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that Dallas is just trying to protect themselves here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you get put in as a, as a fourth goalie being a perennial number one for the last, mm-hmm. what is it? Six, seven years that, that also light a fire under your ass. Yeah. Um, it, could this be a case with Holby too, or, you know, if Bishop does come back healthy, it's an easy, let him go. And we could see him backing up somewhere else. Um, or, or do you think he's just going to stay in, in Dallas now? Um, you know, I, I always think that people look at goalies and think, Oh, you can trade him at the trade deadline and nobody ever moves him. Cause yeah. unless you're, and it's only poor teams. Like you very rarely get a goalie that comes in and he knocks, knocks the door down and wins you a Stanley cup. It just doesn't happen. Like the last, it's been over a decade since the team won the Stanley cup without a homegrown goaltender which is part of the reason why we can segue right, segue right into Alex Nedeljkovich if you want to, because to me, Perfect. There's, there's another goaltender that was completely undervalued by the team he was playing for in Carolina. They had a homegrown goaltender who had already won a Calder Cup in the American Hockey League. Had pl- he was a goalie of the year, and they didn't promote him to the NHL. They put him right back in the American Hockey League, which said, we don't believe in you. If you want your prospect, your property, the player you've developed – to come along and feel like he's got some belief behind him and some juice and a team that wants him to succeed. He should have been the NHL that season. He wasn't, he went back to the American league. Uh, He didn't get another chance for a year, but when he eventually did and had a big chip on his shoulder, look what happened. Mm -hmm. Big time run for Carolina. His puck handling is a massive intangible that people don't realize how important it is. That's something that can't be tracked in fantasy hockey, but it's real. And it's why he's been more valuable than people realize his numbers are at times. I think Alex Nedeljkovich in Detroit has the potential to be a pretty good fantasy goaltender. And the reason being is I think that team will be a little bit better. But I also look at what Thomas Grice did last year. Thomas Grice has been a good goalie in the NHL, and he kept performing at that level last season, even for a club that wasn't great in Detroit. So the wins may not be there. They might improve. But I think the Delkovich is going to be pretty good. If Detroit surprises, that's a good scenario for him. Yeah, and I think what people kind of forget is that Detroit, you know, for all of their issues scoring goals last year, they were in a lot of hockey games. They were actually a pretty good defensive team in the second half yeah. of last season. And they seemed to kind of buy in and, and played ugly. And, they, you know, they obviously couldn't score. They didn't have really an option to get in a shootout with a team. So they, they locked down, they played good defense. And if they can continue that into this season, the Delkovich obviously showed last year that he could be a stud and, and nobody wants a big tr- piece. Low yeah. Cedar. It, oh yeah. yeah. Get Mar- Marit Sider in there is going to be huge, but it's also just, you're getting the Delkovich basically for free as a fantasy owner. He's just a yeah. free, he's a free spot and he could really elevate his game. Another goaltender that you kind of have aspirations for, but think, could struggle depending on how the team plays in front of him is Aiden Hill. A little bit more about mm-hmm. him. Well, I just don't like San Jose at all. I think that team has way, way, way too much money tied up in massively underperforming players. And Thomas Hurdle to me was the best player on that team last year. I know Kane led them in scoring, but they've got 15 players that are making about 2 million or less. And they're just so top heavy with players that aren't getting it done. And they're only getting older. Uh, that makes me nervous. But that being said, Sometimes teams just inexplicably do better and you can't figure Mm -hmm. out why. 
and it will be an opportunity for Aiden Hill to play a lot of games. I think he's going to play probably 60, 65% of those games, whereas James Reimer is still going to be in his traditional, you know, one B or backup role, which is about his ceiling. Um, Reimer's been all over good season, poor season, good, yep. poor, just it yo-yos. He's unpredictable. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, I don't like that. You don't know what you're getting. I just think Hill's going to play a lot. I don't, I don't think Hill's a great skater. I'm not sure what his top end is. He's, but he's so big that he, he takes up space and he played pretty well for Arizona last year on a poor team. And so I think that the ceiling is there again, maybe a really late pick as a flyer, not as a Philadelphia flyer, as a yeah. late pick in a draft that might end up surprising you that I don't think would cost you much. And I mean, Hey, if you can pick up Hill in 17, 18th round or however many you have in your draft and you get him as a keeper, maybe you're looking at some value there. Yeah. So I'm not sold on it. I think it really depends on the sharks a lot like Detroit for Nadelkovich, but I do think Hill has the opportunity to play a lot of games and establish himself as a number one in the league. For Hill too, uh, for them, if you, if you get him late, like you mentioned in the 18th round, that is like the, you know, your third, your fourth goalie, like we talked about, if you have to just let him sit there on your bench and marinate a little and, and show you what yeah. he's got for a couple of games, you know, you can do that. And then if you do have to cut ties, you know, it's nothing. If he does yeah. play bad, if it's not there and if he plays great, like you said, you're, you have value there. And a lot of times if you're grabbing a guy at this point, um, as we've seen, it's going to be a backup goalie or, you know, a, a flyer winger that, that mm-hmm. not a Philadelphia flyer, but a, a flyer winger yeah. that you, you might drop a week in when he doesn't uh, end up on the top line. He's playing third wing. So you might as well take a chance on a guy who's going to get majority of the starts. And like yep. you said, we know Reimer. We, he, he's the most obvious, one of the more obvious backups we've seen in the league. And, and, yeah. he, and he, he's good at it. So, um, so there's not many cases of a goalie coming into a spot and having that starting potential yeah. like you said that you can get at this point point. and I, think I, about I, hill too he's he's going to be in a division where he's going to see la anaheim you know la i think is going to be better but, starts, but yeah. anaheim they no. don't do anything in the offseason i don't see that team doing any I mean, arizona that'll be a great start every so, any goal you can start again in arizona this year is is i think and it seems a must start, yes so. Yeah. So I, I think there's value there in, in Hill and, and potentially, you know, Nadelkovich the same way. Those are my two kind of under the radar. Maybe things happen if things all fall in the right direction. To piggyback off that just a little bit um, at Daily Faceoff in our draft kit, I put together a fantasy hockey strength of schedule for both skaters and goalies based on who they're going to be playing, what kind of offense they provide. Um the San Jose Sharks actually have the ninth most favorable schedule for goaltenders, which bodes well for Aiden Hill, obviously baked into yep. that is playing the Ducks and, and the Coyotes. Unfortunately for the Detroit Red Wings, the worst uh, strength of schedule. <laughs> so the yeah. could be a little bit of baptism by fire for him in his first year in Detroit. That's obviously a really tough division, but the Delkovich, I think, he, I think we could agree the Delkovich is probably the better goalie of the two, but you know, the team might not be great. And then obviously the division is tough. Um, my one final question before we let you go, one thing that we always talk about on the goalies episode is that goalies are voodoo. You can't Mm -hmm. predict. They are the hardest position in sports to predict what's going to happen on a season to season basis. As a goalie yourself, can you provide a little insight as to why goalies might seem like they're voodoo? Because obviously you guys are are pros. You guys are working your ass off to get better every single day. Is it more of a, a team statistic? Is it more like, why does it seem like goalies are so hard to project from season to season? Well, to me, it's pretty easy because we play a team sport and it's easy to get hung out to dry when no one around you is doing anything. And I, I, I think we touched on it previously about how, you know, 
I never felt like in my heart of hearts, I had much of a chance to succeed with the teams I was on. Despite the fact that you're always trying to believe in yourself and think that like somehow you can turn things around, you can't, you're one person, you know, and there are goalies that are much more prone to having up and down seasons. Goalies that aren't very consistent in their movements. They're not consistent in what they do around the crease. They ride the wave of emotion. They go like this on the roller coaster. The best goalies in the league are the ones that can just unplug, enjoy the sport, ride the wave of not emotion, but the wave of the game, the fun factor, the passion. Like I always think about Marty Brodeur and just how carefree he was. Not that he didn't care. Not that he wasn't the ultimate competitor, but the moment he made that save and the whistle blew, the mask was up, big smile, talking to the ref or the linesman or teammates. Look at Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, and this guy's won three Stanley Cups. He's He's doing something, He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's always been on winning teams. But he's been part of creating a contagious culture to make those teams winning because he makes the game so much fun. Yeah. People can't wrap their head around that, these intangibles that goalies have. And Fleury's one of those guys, too. He easily could have had his career crushed early if he if he focused yeah. on stuff. We saw it happen with the Team Canada um, World Junior Championship. He shot a puck, I believe, off Dion Phaneuf's leg, or as Patrick O'Sullivan's leg, just skating by. Ruined the whole thing for, not ruined it, but, you know, well, his teammates the too. They didn't Absolutely. score enough goals either. Yeah, but you but, know, I agree. But it, you know, <laughs> the, 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 hey, I, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, you're beating you gotta, up goalies support, here, man. I got to protect your goalie. Your I just, I just, I feel bad. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you got to support your boys there. But I, I just yeah. meant as a whole. If you would have focused on that, you know, that's an absolute. Um, that could have crushed you. Yeah, the whole country sure. kind of. Well, and think of how many yeah. times he didn't have success in playoffs, man. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know, he won his first Stanley. He won his first Stanley Cup, but the couple years after that, were not good. Mm-hmm. But he went to school. He learned how to do different post integrations. He found goalie coaches that worked for him. And he came back and nearly carried an entire French expansion franchise to the promised land, you know? And to me, it just relates back to his mantra of having fun and enjoying things. And I think that goalies that are able to just let go and play the game and enjoy it and are diligent in their craft too. It's a two part thing. You know, if you see somebody who's chasing all over the ice, if they're outside their crease, if they're on their stomach, they're on their back a lot, like Jonathan Quick's been the last his whole career. Yeah. But the game's changed the last several years now to where they're the play moves so quickly laterally, he hasn't been able to keep up to it. That's why his numbers have been down. He hasn't rotated well enough. He hasn't presented his entire chest behind the puck and behind the play to get square. These are things you have to look for. Do you think and that's, that's maybe why Bobrovsky's so high, high and low um, with his play? He kind of seems a bit more sporadic. Again, not a goalie expert. Um, well, he was so, really yeah. good in Columbus. He had a good thing yeah. going with Ian Clark, and he had a good thing going with Manny Legacy. And Rob Tallis is an excellent goalie coach in Florida. And now they've got Roberto Luongo there. They've got Leo Luongo helping in the minors. They've got Francois Lair there. I do have confidence that Bob's going to get back on mm-hmm. track. I think that the people he's surrounded with now are too good and he works too hard for him not to be able to bounce back. But I think we're looking too hard at his save percentage as opposed mm-hmm. to his wins. Yeah. Okay. He does. He does show up and, and, and he, and he does get I'd the say- wins, like you said, and, and he makes the spectacular saves, which you don't see. You don't see those goals in the fantasy stats. You don't see, yeah. as you know, those goal stealing saves, stuff like that, the cross ice, you know, you look um, at what Vasilevsky does and he's the best goalie in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody in, and everybody agrees with that. Honestly, in the goalie, in the goalie union, I think we all look at him as the gold standard. Fair. And 
from a technical standpoint, the things he does, he absolutely rips off the details with precise movements every day in practice in games. And it's when you don't see the save be made, it's before it happens. He beats it. He arrives on his feet. He's square, but he's got the intangible of being able to battle and contort and do things beyond and mentally process. He's an incredibly smart goaltender and how he reads and processes the play. That's where the truly elites come. When you have the structure, when you have the mental mind frame to be able to enjoy the sport and then go above and beyond with that compete and that battle. So Mike, one final question. I, I think I've said that a couple of times now, but you did, you touched on Marc-Andre Fleury for a moment. And I think that Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the more hot topic goalies of this season in terms of fantasy, just what he's going to be able to do in Chicago. If you look at the Blackhawks last year, you know, few teams, I think only the Vancouver Canucks gave up more scoring chances mm-hmm. against is Marc-Andre Fleury going to struggle on a team that isn't as structurally sound as the Vegas Golden Knights. Or do you think he can kind of, like you said, bring in a, a different culture and try to, and just help that Blackhawks team get better. Obviously adding Seth Jones as well. That team should be better. Is Marc-Andre Fleury somebody who could be a top five fantasy goalie this year, you think, still? It's going to be tough. I don't think he's going to be the savior. And I don't think Seth Jones is going to be the savior either. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seth Jones, frankly, last year wasn't as great as he's been. And he's going to a new situation, new team, new coaches, new teammates. Marc-Andre Fleury's going to a new situation, but he's thrived in that once before. We saw that. Mm-hmm. I don't think going to a new team is going to affect him as much because he's a guy that, inspires teammates, right? Goalie's job isn't just to stop the puckets to inspire your teammates. He does that. I don't know if he's going to be able to make up for that lack of defensive ability on the team in front of him. I don't think they have the horses to do that yet. They don't have the depth through the lineup still. They've gotten better. Kirby Doc's coming into his own. You're hoping to bring it. Like, there's parts, yeah. but it's still not there. And, you know, I think Mark andre what you can like from a fantasy side is that he's going to play a lot. Like he's the guy Lankanen had a really nice season, but I think Fleury's going to play and he's going to play a lot. But I do think also on top of that, do we see the Marc-Andre Fleury from the beginning of last season or the Marc-Andre from the end of last season, the beginning of last season, they asked him to play a little bit deeper, rein his game in, stay between his posts. And he did that. And as the season went along, he started to revert back a little bit. He started to get outside his post. He started to chase pucks. He started to stand his ground and play on his feet. This was the Marc-Andre of old. So I think you're going to have to look at early in the season if he continues to adapt his game, which I believe he will. Mark andre is always somebody who wants to be at that level, who wants to learn and wants to move on. But can he continue it through the whole season? Will he stay in that new, new frame, that new mindset, or will he revert back into how he had played previously? That's what I think is going to matter. But I think Mark andre is going to play a lot of hockey. I think he's going to rack up wins. I just don't know how many it's going to be and if that's going to be enough to truly be a top five guy in terms of fantasy value. That is terrific insight, Mike. I am so happy that you joined DFO just in time for this episode because nobody can talk goalies like you can in terms of yeah. like us. We don't really know. We're just we need guessing. Goalie goalies are voodoo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Goalies are voodoo to us. You seem to have a little <laughs> bit more insight. So that, you know, I think we might have to retire that phrase because there's obviously a lot more at play. But Mike, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining DFO. We look forward to all of your work this season. We look forward to, um, you know, your podcast appearances coming up. We know that you've got a lot coming up. If you want to talk just briefly about anything you have kind of on the front burner here uh, before we let you go. Yeah, sure. Actually, I've got a piece out now at DFO that um, talks about how I think it's time for a permanent number three goaltender that's more or less a bullpen catcher in the NHL. A paid position 
from a goalie that can't play unless an emergency happens. Um, and I explain all of that at Daily Faceoff. I'm proud of that piece. It was my first one that came out. But you're going to be seeing a lot of written stuff from me, probably you know two to four articles a week on my behalf when the season starts rolling. Um, you know, it's something I did a lot previously to working with the Vegas Golden Knights, and now I can do it again. And uh, so you'll see written, but you're going to see podcast appearances. Our good friend Scott Burnside was announced at DFO just yesterday. Yeah. Scott Burnside, one of the greatest scribes in all of hockey, has spent much time at Athletic, ESPN, Dallas Stars, you name it, brings a wealth of knowledge. We're going to be doing a podcast together, and we're so excited about the name of it that we can't release just yet. Oh, we were going to ask, can't. so that's, yeah, that's fair. We can't. I mean, I'd love to drop it here, but we're not going to do it. We were going <laughs> to get a, a big proper, moment. <laughs> I'll tell you what, one part of it, if you could figure it out, one part of the name does include something that I had recently tattooed on my leg to celebrate my career. So maybe somebody out there will be able to figure that out. It shouldn't be very hard. I was going to um, say, what's your Instagram, Mike? Because I think I can so get it. And, uh, it's at Mike McKenna 56. You can find me there on Instagram, on Twitter, at Mike McKenna 56. Uh, but yeah, you're going to be getting the podcast. You're going to get video breakdowns as well. Um, that's something we're working on, being able to share things via different platforms and circles and arrows and descriptions of why things are working. Uh, and of course, the daily streaming show at Daily Faceoff. Frank Valley is going to be doing the bulk of the work on those. I'll be coming in two, three times a week. We'll be talking hockey. So all across the platforms, lots of content, lots of stuff to be excited for as the season gets going. Yeah. I, I mentioned it to you before we jumped on air. Somebody the other day was just like, this used to be a guy in his basement who missed a day one time because it was his grandma's birthday. And it, we're so much more than that now. So it, it means a lot. I think a lot of people are going to be happy to not have to listen to me exclusively uh, moving <laughs> forward. We've got so many people that are more experienced than I am. And, and it's just such an exciting time at Daily Face. I can't wait for the season to get started. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping that this isn't your first and only, um, you know, appearance on the DFO podcast. We look forward to talking to you again, Mike. Thanks so much. I can't wait. Next time I make sure I got a backwards hat, crack a beer, just be one of the dudes here, man. Absolutely. I think it makes you serious. We are talking <laughs> about it. We are actually saying like our, our, our first half is going to be a lot different than the second. It's going to be a total swing. It's going to seem like, because we usually are, are a lot more conversational, but um, yeah. these are kind of, this is, this is big for, for Brock and I, Mike. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll chill out a bit next time too and make it a bit more easier on you. Oh, well. it's always but, easy, man. I talk too much anyway. So <laughs> oh, you and us both. So yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming around, and uh, and you know, great to have a goalie expert around here for once. Because I imagine every goalie listener has been smacking smacking their face for years. So that's right. Just perfect. bring it to me. All those fantasy questions, send them my way. <laughs> yeah, at send Mc, them all at Mike McKenna fifty six. I'm ready for it. Perfect. Okay. Saving saving my ass. But anyways, that was the first half of season seven, episode seven of the Daily Faceoff podcast, presented to you by our friends at Fantrax. Enjoy forty five seconds of the Blue Stones. When we get back, we will go through our consensus top fifteen netminers, some more sleepers, some more breakouts, some more busts. Thanks again to Mike McKenna. We'll see you guys back here in 45 seconds.
ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 7 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, presented to you by our friends at Fantrax. Hmm. Sign up for Fantrax at Fantrax.com slash DFO this offseason and automatically enter yourself in a draw to win a signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Dish ESPN, Dish Yahoo, join the deepest fantasy platform, the most in-depth fantasy platform that there is for fantasy hockey. So... I hope you guys enjoyed that first half with former NHL netminder Mike McKenna, newest daily face-off employee. Yeah. Uh, tremendous, tremendous first half. Maybe our best ever. Um, I almost feel like I can't even properly talk about goalies. Yeah, are we, after... are we allowed? Are we qualified? Are... I don't know. Yeah. No. People as, are, pro- people as are as a perennial like after that. Yeah, as a perennial seventh D-man on every hockey team I've ever played on, um, I don't know if I could say much towards goalies, but yeah. Um, daily, uh, daily face-off right now, bringing in new people quicker than we're releasing episodes. So It's uh, impossible it's to cool. keep up right now. Yeah, like, yeah. and it's, it's funny because it's like all like the, it's all the big wigs that have like, that know, like Frank obviously knows and those guys know who's coming in and uh, they, they won't even tell me they're like, we just, yeah. you know, there's, there's gonna be no leaks here. We're not even telling you just like, you'll, you know, here's what's coming, whatever. Basically, and then, boom, all of a sudden it's like Scott Burnside, Tim Ooh. Peel, Mike McKenna. It's like, holy shit. It's incredible. So Burnside and McKenna, that podcast is going to be great. He, I, I meant to tell him I heard the name of the show today. I'll keep it under wraps. Yeah, you still. cannot break his heart like that. I, I would um, never, but it's a, it is good. It's a good one. He, uh, I, he, he wasn't lying when he said it was. I'm going to use my journalism skills to figure this out because I also use my journalism skills to figure out who one of the um, new people we have coming in is. We cannot say his name, but I, I, I did let's just say um, I follow some members of Daily Face Off and I kind of put two and two together. Um, so let's just say I'm going to figure this one out before next episode, Brock. Um, All right. So don't spoil it for me. Also, Mike was super excited about it. That sounds like it's going to be a phenomenal podcast. So sounds it's great to yeah. see a couple across the platform going out. Who would have thought we'd have a Daily Face Off platform um, seven years ago when we started this thing? But uh, here we are. It's crazy too. I was laughing. I meant to mention it in the actual podcast. I actually mentioned it to him off air before we started recording it. I, uh, I was going through his hockey DB page before we jumped on air. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but on hockey DB, you can click the little image um, in the top right-hand corner and cycle through all their headshots throughout their NHL career. So as you might know, he played for Did a lot of teams. He had, he had a lot of different uh, headshots and man, I, I, in like the middle of his career, he was rocking the sickest goatee. So I shaved into a goatee today in, honor of, Mike, you in honor of Mike McKenna joining the podcast. In truth, I actually messed up and forgot to put the guard on and I looked, I'm like, oh, I'm clean shaven. But if I go too clean shaven, I look like a child. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with the Mike McKenna goatee today. He told me like a child. He told me that uh, I rock it well. So, hey. You know, that's, coming, that's from a go- you coming from a goatee expert. Are you going to now rock it for your wedding? Because I think that's all you needed to confirm it. Your wife. Highly unlikely. Saying, no, hell uh, yeah. Goatee to the moon. Wing. DFO to the moon. Goatee not to the moon. But uh, all right. <laughs> let's get into our top 15 gold centers. <laughs> also some sleepers, busts, breakouts. So we do have the consensus top 15 for myself, Dylan, and Biebs. Uh Dylan, again, not on the show today. Uh, he thinks goalies are voodoo, but I think if he listens to the show, Mike McKenna may have changed his mind a little bit. Um, so no sleepers bust breakouts from D, but we do have his top 15 net miners. Let's start at the top with number one. We've got Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Duh. Obviously, all Duh. three of us uh, have him ranked as the number one fantasy net minder. Um, we obviously heard from Mike that, you know, 
everybody in the goalie world um, thinks that Andre Vasilevsky is the number one goaltender in the world. So, um, you know, not should become as much of a surprise that he's number one consensus off our board. Hey, uh, we got gen- something right. Good there to we know go. we're, we're, we're off to a good same level as goalie experts, man. So here we are. Um, so we're back. We're now uh, we're now allowed to talk about goalies. The general consensus of the public uh, agrees as well. By far the f- number one goaltender off the board with an ADP of 6.2. It's actually 5.1 on Yahoo, 7.3 on Fantrack. So very similar on those two sites. Um, You know, 6.2 overall, people are really reaching for Vasilevsky. Um, And I don't, you know, I don't hate it. Uh, I don't know so much if I'm going to have a lot of Vasilevsky on my team. I think it's tough to draft him uh, that early. But I think that there's also a lot of uncertainty surrounding the goaltending market this year um there's just there's a plethora of timeshares i mean it's almost difficult to to find a goalie who could still you know act as a workhorse this year uh you know we'll get to a a couple of them towards the top of our rankings but then as you go down even um as you get closer to like eight nine ten and the consensus top 15 you're already getting into guys that are in timeshares and that aren't going to play the you know maybe more than 50 games this year yeah, there's the, the the common thing right now that I'm finding out in the general public because this happens with every draft. There's a couple of guys who are on who are kind of a hot topic, and a, and a lot of people are saying, "Should I go vast with my first round pick?" And and it's hard not to say no to them if they do have a back in there. Um, there's totally a case, and uh, like you said, we're gonna we're gonna get into some shifty waters, which I think. Uh, might have actually created our our most dynamic 15 of any of the positions, but uh, obviously that's kind of standard with goalies. Uh, but yeah, so especially with Vass, even after you get out of the top five, it starts to get a little questionable. So um, so yeah, there, there's definitely a case for someone to take this guy in the first round. And and uh, unlike other years, I, I don't think it's going to start a, a domino effect just because he is that much more elite than everyone else. Um, or in previous years, we have seen it do that domino effect, which is kind of hilarious when you when you think of someone basically using the same trade value for Vasilevsky and then someone taking any other goalie right behind him, getting the same uh, same draft value. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so Vasilevsky, easy one, tap that one in. Um, I think the the couple things that are interesting is to, to go to the domino effect. I think the domino effect starts at least a little bit of a run once the second goalie goes Laner. off the board. Yep. I mm-hmm. think like whether it's Laner, whether it's Kemper, whether it's Hellebuck, those I think are obviously uh, in a clear second tier on their own. Yeah, and we'll get to them all go a in the same later. round. I think. Yep. After that, very close boom. to each other. Yeah. I think the other thing that's very interesting about Vasilevsky, especially seen with an ADP of six, is that I think that there's five very clear top end forwards, right? You've got your McDavid, you've got Leon, you've got McKinnon, you've got Matthews, you've got Kucherov. There's not really an elite left wing, like Panarin's up there, first round talent, but those are your five elite skaters. After that, I think people are looking like, you know, it could be anybody who's going to be that clear cut number six guy. And it's hard to pick out of the Panarins that all, all, all those guys are maybe the Rantons, the Ahos, all those guys that would Marche and Pasha, all those guys that are still available. It's really hard to pinpoint who that clear number six guy is. And I think people are going, you know what? Fuck it. I don't know exactly who the best remaining skater is, but I know Vasilevsky's the number one goalie. And they're just saying, I'm taking him. And then let not let number seven decide who is that number seven, number six overall skater. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Also, this year, more than ever, I think 
is a year where like, like we said, with that domino effect coming, kind of coming into play and them, them goalies potentially going three of the next five picks. If, if Laner does go and then, you know, Kemper goes and hell, because if you do want to take a goalie early on in one of these top four, is there um i i definitely think you you should and and you could make a case for it um like you said there's just there's other positions you can you can save yourself and and with goaltending it's just uh, i don't know i i personally just hate riding that goaltender carousel um because usually it it takes about two weeks for me to figure out that the goalie that i'm supposed to drop is droppable um and then pick up the next guy so it's just nice just to have at least one you can ride on and if there's someone you're thinking about they're likely not going to make it to you the next round. If the guy next to you takes them and you got to wait 12 more picks or 10 more picks, or even, you know, if you're doing a snake and it's 21 more picks. So if you're considering any of these top four guys, I think you almost just have to pull that trigger and take the one that you want. Um, Don't be afraid to let another guy take them um, because once that one guy takes them, they might be gone. And then you're stuck with, uh, you know, uh, me goalie you might you might get 60 percent starts as your goaltender one and, and and personally i would just hate to hate to be in that position with so little um you know bell cows i think that the one thing that you need to do with vasilevsky um i don't want to spend too too much time on him but you need to look at what you might get in the next couple of rounds based on the yeah. adps and just ask yourself if you are comfortable with those guys being your forwards. Like, you know that you're going to have Vasilevsky for close to 60 starts and he's going to get 40 wins. He's the only goalie in the league that I really think could get 40 wins. He can wins. steal a whole week for you. A hundred percent. So if you look right now, like you, your second round pick, if you take them at six, you're still going to have a shot at somebody like Aho or Barkov. Yeah. And Which, you're much likely to get a sleeper in these other positions than you are in goalies. You're not going to get a goalie sleeper. You're not going to get gonna a be tougher. breakout yet. It's going to be tougher for sure. So I think when you look and say, Hey, I can still get Aho, I can still maybe get Braden point. I can still get Barkoff. Um, and then, you know, you go into the, the, the third round, you know, maybe you landed to brink at like you still starting off your team with some pretty good forwards. Obviously you're going to be a little bit weaker, but you've got Vasilevsky who can be the ultimate difference maker. Yep. Exactly. And worst case, you know, not that we ever want to talk, talk hypotheticals. You draft a goalie that actually kills it down the line as your number three goalie. You can maybe, you know, shop some, shop some people around and fill that forward hole. It's a lot easier to deal a goalie than it is to deal a, a forward. Um, especially one who's just killing it. If you have a goalie who's killing it, you can basically move it for anything um, other than McDavid at some point. So I don't know. It's uh, not, not to beat the same drum, but, uh, but yeah, Vasilevsky, um, if you can get him, you'll, you'll be a very happy fantasy uh, fantasy manager this year. I'll just, I'll just say that. Yeah. Clearly the number one option, but it obviously comes at a price. If you look at the next lowest ADP for a goalie between the two websites, average ADP 20. So 14 spots later for Connor Hellebuck, that's the next highest goalie, a full round and a couple picks later uh, than Vasilevsky. So you know, you're paying a premium for him. Um, but like you said, too, the other thing is if you end up with, a, uh, you know, your eighth round pick goalie or whatever it is and catch some fire in a bottle with one of them, then your goaltending duo is absolutely stacked and you really don't have to worry so much about how bad your forwards could be. But all right. Uh, number two consensus for us is Robin Lehner. Um, Again, like we mentioned, it's uh, it's a little bit dicey here in the spot. I think Lehner, Kemper, Hellebuck in a tier of their own. Um how you want to maneuver them around is up to you entirely. Uh, I think that you could make 
easily a case for any one of these three to be number two. Um, so I think at this point in, in the draft, when you're trying to decide who the number two goaltender is off the board, I think take the one that you like the most, right? Don't, don't stick all oh, well daily face off podcast said laner yeah. was number two. If you like Hellebuck more, you're more confident in Hellebuck take Hellebuck because to me, two, three, four, they might as well be 2.1, 2.2, 2.3. Like they're all right there. They're neck and neck with each other. If uh, like, so for me, it's Laner. I just think that that team is incredible. Uh, you'll look at how Loren Bressois is backup. I really don't think he's going to get pushed too much. I think that Kemper, obviously there's a bit of injury concern with both Laner and Kemper at, at, at certain times in their careers. Kemper might be a little bit pushed, uh, pushed a little bit harder, excuse me, by somebody like Pavel Francouz. Hellebuck really has no worries there either. He's going to lead the NHL and starts uh, almost uh, certainly. But I have all three of these guys projected for over 30 wins, uh, 33 for Laner, 33 for Hellebuck, 31 uh, for Kemper, just because I have a couple uh, fewer starts. In terms of save percentage, 919 for Kemper, 918 for Laner, 917 for Hellebuck. So you can just see how, much difference. how close they are. Um, and then when you sort just by like the ranking, so say your league uses wins, uh, shutouts, save percentage, and goals against average. You know, you've obviously got Vasilevsky clearing ahead number one. Then these three are all just right grouped with each other, and then there's a pretty uh, substantial fall off. So again, um, for me, I ranked them as Laner uh, two, Kemper three, Hellebuck four. But for me, you could go in any single direction. I just have a little bit more faith, and, and McKenna touched on it that it's a lot about the teams in front of you. And I still have a little bit more faith in the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche than I do in the Winnipeg Jets. Although I do think the Jets are going to be much better this year. I just have a little bit more faith there. I think that their their splits will be a little bit um, better. And then the win total should be almost identical. So again, split the hairs here. Yeah. No, yeah, not much more to add there. I really just think it's up to personal preference. Um, yeah. Crazy to see an avalanche goalie in the top five again. Who would have thought? Well, well, and he is just somebody that like was he's humongous. Like he's so big, massive, and yeah. he he was super good on a really bad team. Like the yeah, avalanche up from here. The avalanche um, last year at five v five, lowest expected goals against in the entire NHL, lowest scoring chances against in the entire NHL. And uh, second lowest high danger chances in the NHL. They're the best defensive team in hockey. Now getting a goaltender who stood on his head on a bad team. How could he not be unreal? Barring injury, he's going to be exceptional. Not to pump the Avalanche tires even more than bringing in a first round pick in Justin Barron to add to their defensive core. Kale McCarr is a year older, so what, he's 22 now. Um, just a year better defensively. I mean, everything. They're getting Eric Johnson there. back. Yeah, Eric Johnson's there. Jack Johnson's there on a PTO. That might actually lead to more shots for uh, Kemper. So maybe he just doesn't might come boost around. the save percentage a little Scored bit. Scored the other night in his uh, in his preseason game. So he's a lock to make the team. Um, but uh, but yeah, Kemper. I think it's uh, we we could be in for for looking at him at the, at the two seed here. Um, Laner obviously has just proven it on the better team and has the has the. I guess go finally there, but yeah, Kemper is, is sitting right there with Laner for me. And since I really dislike Vegas um, personally, like, like, like um, that's, that's a, a personal feeling. They're a great team, but I dislike them. I would go with Kemper obviously ahead there. Um, but yeah, but yeah, um, I think both of these guys are wins. Um, I love these first four goalies. It's just a, just a nitpick a little bit, obviously, if we take a look at uh, the flip side of things for Hellebuck, um, the Winnipeg Jets gave up the sixth most exp- uh, scoring chances against last year. In terms of expected goals against, they were fifth most. 
Um, high danger chances against, they gave up the, they were pretty good at, oh, no, fifth most. They were pretty bad. Um, so they were a bottom five team defensively a season ago. So Hellebuck, obviously that reflected in his numbers a little bit, um, but still nine nine sixteen save percentage uh, from Connor Hellebuck in a team that was not very good. And then when you take a look at what they did this offseason, bringing in Nate Schmidt, bringing in Brendan Dillon, uh, they should be a little bit better defensively. So uh, I would imagine they'll be a little bit better and that should help Hellebuck have a little bit of a bounce back year, but still just outside of my uh, my top three. As for Dylan, me and you were in lockstep one, two, three, and four with Vasilevsky, Lehner, Kemper, Hellebuck. Uh, but for Dylan, he has Hellebuck one spot ahead of Darcy Kemper. But again, all four of us have that as our consensus top four. Uh, moving down to number five, uh, we have UC Soros. I have him at five. Dylan has him at five. Beebs, you have him at eight. So let's you start here. Just what's what's souring you on UC Soros? Is it is it more the guys below him you just like them better, or is it something about Soros? Uh, I think it's just the ability to handle the workload. I, I, I do honestly believe that Saros is, you know, I, I have him at eight and, and I actually, now that I'm looking at it, he should definitely be a little bit higher, maybe, maybe seven on my list. That's where I'll put him. Um, but it's just, he's never really handled that, that mega workload. And we, we have seen him kind of fluctuate throughout a season last year to start the year. He was borderline unrosterable. Um, and then he just went on an absolute tear. So you got to kind of you got to kind of hope that the the absolute tear is more what we're looking at here, um, and and that's kind of what what we're assuming you know um, a fifth ranked goaltender Saros is, uh, but for me just you know never played forty games is a lot, but but he's going to be asked to take the full the full load here. Um, I just like a couple of the guys you had him, so I guess yeah, like you asked it. I mean, I could have said yes or no right away, but um, yeah, I, I, it's the guys behind him that I do just like a little bit more. Um, and I, Saros burned me last year, man. I kept in a keeper league and I'm not gonna lie. At one point I remember like dropping him and saying like F this guy. So, um, I think that carried a personal over. vendetta. It's a personal vendetta from a keeper league. Cause I'm actually shook. Cause I should be owning him this year. And if I would have held on anyways, if you um, look no, from shoulders up though, right now for you, it looks like you might be wearing a UC Saros jersey. Yeah. Some people might think that, but, um, unfortunately oh, it Wolves. is a Wolves premier league jersey, which is, you will not actually, um, and natural jerseys are just beautiful. So I would be completely fine with wearing Ryan Ellis throwback. Yeah. Um, own. Just to further your point there, first 13 games, he Jordan played uh, a season ago, five and five with an eight ninety five save percentage. Um, so obviously not great. Uh, but from his 14th through 36th game in the season. So good. 16, six and one. 941 save percentage. So just showcases just how good UC Saros can be. I think the one thing is, is UC Saros has always been a guy that I'm, I've been high on a guy that, you know, we always kind of expected to take the next step, but just Pecorine, um, you know, exceptional boy, hall of famer, just hold them down a little bit, just in terms of how many games he could really play. Um, so from 2017 to 2021, UC Saros, two, 921 save percentage across 138 starts, 154 appearances. Uh, just an exceptional goaltending talent. I think the one thing that, you know, you could be concerned about um, and, and it could be a reason why you like a couple of the goalies below him is the National Predators really don't project to be that great of a hockey team that this year. too, yep. So the, the, the Predators could certainly take a step back and it could hurt his win equity, but splits wise, I, he's one of the safer bets, I think, to post like a 921 save percentage this year or 920. And like those, are, you know, that shit is obviously very hard to come by. Um, in terms of my projections, I have UC Saros third in the NHL uh, with a 919 save percentage. So 
Uh, obviously, splits wise would be great, but wins wise, I only have him at twenty five. So you're kind of you know he 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 might he he's a goalie that could really like lead the NHL in losses. You know what I mean? Like he's just going to play yeah. that much, um, and they're not going to win as many games as some of these other teams around him. But he's an elite netminder, so that's yeah, why at I least he won't five. absolutely dominate. Like if he is losing those games, he's not going to dummy your stats. There's some goalies here that we might mention just because, as Brock said, the strength to schedule thing is so important. There's some goalies that they might. When they are losing, just you can't even roster them or you can't even start them. And Nelly Saros, I mean, you got him there. But if you are drafting him at this point, he is your, you know, he's your he's your goaltender one. So um, you you, you got to hope that you you got to play him every night. So um, yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing though too that I really like about Saros is that we seem to be much higher on him than the gen- general public. Uh, currently, ADP is fifty two point three on Fantrack, sixty on Yahoo for an ADP of fifty six. Um, which would have him going behind each of the next three net miners we're about to talk to talk about. So realistically, he's about the eighth goalie off the board. So you can probably wait for him a little bit more than some of these other guys. Um, and we like him a little bit more. So I think Soros is a really, really nice target um, heading into drafts. If we just want to talk again, just quickly, I forgot to uh, bring it back up is the goaltender strength of schedule um, to help Robin Landers case. They have the best goalie strength of schedule uh like strength of schedule for goalies this year uh colorado and darcy kemper have the fourth best um the jets are 16th so meh um and then for uc soros they have literally the most average schedule for goalies like it's league <laughs> average they're sitting at 14th but they're literally at like zero so well it's not detroit uh, bad so that's good oh detroit so just to put it in perspective um vegas so my, a negative uh, ranking for goaltending is good, right? So for Vegas, they're at minus 40.27. For Detroit, they're at plus 37. So <laughs> they're just going to get crushed. Uh, at least, uh, you know, Nadelkovic and Grice are going to be, you know, needing to stand on their head most of the time. Um, all right, let's go to number six. Again, this is kind of this middle tier where things start to get dicey in our rankings. Now, me and you agree on this one. I have Igor Shosturkin at six. You have Igor Shosturkin at six. Dylan not here to defend himself has him at number nine but he actually comes in tied with Semyon Varlamov for the sixth spot um D has Semyon Varlamov at six you have him at seven I have him at eight but as it all turns out um Shesterkin at six Varlamov tied with him at six uh, according to the general public ADP is 46.2 on Shesterkin 54.8 on Semyon Varlamov uh, I guess I'll start really quickly here since me and you are tied but you have Varlamov ranked a little bit higher than I do I just I, I just like Varlamov is great I think the Islanders are great I think that he's gonna have tremendous yeah, splits all season Sorokin's Sorokin still there they're, they might split them evenly. And if they do, he's just not going to have as much value as a guy like Shesterkin, who's also on a pretty good hockey team, also a team that's going to win a lot of games, also a goalie that has 30-win potential if he starts 55 games. He's just going to play more hockey. And, you know, splits-wise, might not be as good as Varlamov. The Islanders are a pretty solid defensive team. But I still just like Shesterkin a little bit more, as do you. But you have, uh, you have Varlamov at seven, so right behind him. Do you think that there is an argument here or for me or for you, like on draft day, are you just looking and saying, look, this guy's going to start one and I'm taking him. Uh, for Shesterkin over Varlamov. Oh, absolutely. I think, I, I think there could be an argument if you wanted to say, if you're one of those people who's like, well, Varlamov, when he does start, they're going to be good starts and he's going to win and he's going to put up a good save percentage. But uh, personally, I, I just think Shesterkin's going to do that while putting up a ton of time. And 
if I'm going to talk about Colorado and gush about their back end, I got to talk about last year's North winner and Adam Fox getting a little bit older, getting a little bit better. Keandre Miller is turning into a stud out there. There's pieces out in New York that are good. I couldn't believe that. how much Keandre Miller played last year. Like he's, he's nasty. A, he's, he's a so legitimate good. stud. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of in the same boat. I, I didn't, I, I saw him get called up, assumed, you know, this is a young guy. They'll probably give him protected minutes, but no, he, he got a ton. Led the team in ice time. I'm pretty sure. That's nuts too, especially on a team that has, you know, as we mentioned, Adam Fox, pretty, pretty freaking good. A couple other nice pieces out there. Um, I, I just think Shostirkin's really in for a breakout year. He's had a couple kind of bonkers things happen in the last couple of years. He had that car accident, slow him back a couple of years ago. And it seemed like he was truly supposed to break out. This guy who's never, never not dominated at any level. Um, I'm going to bring someone up later who oh, was asleep as my sleeper. who's done the exact same thing as him, but just destroyed the K um, he came here. He just played phenomenal in the end and New York's only getting better. They've only gotten better the last couple of years. And, and I think he's just there for the ride, getting a little bit older, getting a little bit more settled in that crease. He used to have the question of Gorgiev sitting there, people going, Oh, are they going to split? What's going on there? As well as Lundqvist. Lundqvist is gone. Gorgiev is just clearly a number two. And, uh, and I think it's just Derek in time. So I, I personally, I wouldn't like, I don't think there's a very much of a case for Varlamov, but if somebody wants to make one to me, I'd give it ears. I'll tell you that I, I'd listen, but I, I just think Shesterkin's just a little bit more, um, you're going to get the starts. And I just think he's going to put up near the same stats. And, I think know. that the one thing too, and I've talked about it a lot, uh, and, and I feel like I'm kind of on an Island with it, but I think that, I think the Islanders like defensive prowess is, is, is overblown. Like, are they a top 10 defensive team? Probably. Are yeah. they clearly the best defensive team of all time? No. Like they're like, everyone thinks they're like so good defensively yeah. when realistically, when you look at the stats, they're not that much better defensively than the Rangers who are probably right around average. They're not bad. They're average. So he's going to play more. I think the Rangers offense is probably better. We're going to see continue. Like, I think like guys like Kako Lafreniere are going to take steps forward this year. And that team is really going to kind of reach the next level where the Islanders, not much has changed, right? Yeah. They're basically the same hockey team, you know, Palmieri, Parise, fine. It's, it is what it is. They're not going to be like significantly better. And the only thing that could be significantly better is Ilya Sorokin, which would crush Varlamov. Yeah. One thing that, that I could see just, just, as a case for did only play 35 games last year. Um, and, and we saw what we got, we got a nine twenty nine save percentage. You got a, a, a nice amount of wins. So if, if he could, you know, give you that off that, I, I think that's the worst case you're going to get from him this year. If he is healthy, but that's another thing with Varlamov. He's a little bit of a bandaid. Um, and if he goes down, Sorokin starts rolling and that team goes on a heater. What's stopping trots from not going with Sorokin and uh, shoving Varlamov there. Brock, you've kind of convinced me to put Varlamov down. Let's put Saros above him on Mike's rankings. Um, yes. But, but yeah, um, Varlamov, there's a case. I mean, it, it's a very comfortable pick. And if you can get him as your, your two goalie, I'd be very happy, but I don't like him as a one, a um, just, you know, too many questions there too much talent behind him. Sorokin's a, a Russian stud. And, um, and we saw Sorokin take over the playoffs a little bit too. Like they, yeah. like they, I just don't know. And it, I think the crazy thing is like, if you're going to rank Varlamov at seven, right? Like if somebody read, like, what do you do with Sorokin? Like, shouldn't Sorokin be eight? Like, aren't they get, like, they're almost guaranteed yeah, to split time. Like, it's just so weird. Like, I don't know what to do with them. And I don't know when to draft them. So I'm going to draft with some certainty because I just think like, what happens if Varlamov goes at seven, like number seven goalie, and then Sorokin starts 55% of the games. Like Varlamov's 
such a bust. Arlamov hasn't skated yet either. Um, we're getting slowly deeper in the camp. He hasn't skated yet. He has an undisclosed injury. I don't know. I think like I'm way more likely to take a shot at Sorokin um, later than I am yeah. to take Varlamov early. I almost would want Sorokin later, like for the value, than I would Varlamov at around this point. At so all. Not to, almost. I would for sure. 100%. Um, the problem is they are basically going back to back on Yahoo 45.9 for Varlamov, Sorokin 57.4. There's not a world where both those things can exist. Yeah, no. That's, like, do you that's, take both of them? Like, what? That's a waste. Do you think it's almost like a? It's like a PlayStation versus Xbox battle. Like the people who have Sorokin are like, "Hey, man, Sorokin's the starter," and the people who have Varlamov are like, "No, you're an idiot. Varlamov's starting." They're just clashing. Is this what we're could looking be? At? Could be. Um, that or I don't know. But uh, um, honestly, we can say one thing for certain. Um, last year we told people to chill the hell out on Sorokin, and boy, were we right. Um, he definitely wasn't worth the value that he was going. He was going, I think, similar to what he is this year. Um, he was going more like, justified. Yeah. Even eight earlier. Round, eight rounds earlier than Varlamov. And I was just like, Varlamov's the guy. And it worked out. Yeah. Who would have thought it? Um, but yeah. So that's the uh, Daily Face Off podcast. Yeah. yeah. We got NHL goldies on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's kind of, you know, uh, Varlamov pushing back to eight there. I think, you know, you're going to get wins. You're going to get some nice stats. But I just, like you said, I'd rather have. Um, you know, guaranteed 50. Even if you look at Shesterkin, um, you know, his first 43 career NHL starts, which, you know, obviously you're expecting a little bit more out of him this year, but that would be exactly be half the season, right? Yeah. So first 43 career, uh, career starts, he's 26 and 16 with three overtime losses. Very nice win percentage. Um, 259 goals against average, 921 save percentage. Those are terrific numbers. That's a top that's a seven different team when he plays too. That's a that's a playoff team when he plays. And he is not going to start forty three games this year, right? Like it's not like you no. are yet. Durgev is not stealing starts from at this point. It's going to be fifty five to sixty starts for Schuster. And then, like you, you are said, not taking everywhere. him out of that net. No. Uh, all right, number eight. Uh, you have him quite high, so we're going to let you start here. Um, but Mike McKenna says. He ain't going to be top five. <laughs> you have him in your top five. He's our I general consensus number eight. Marc-Andre Fleury. Beebs has him at five. Dylan has him at eight. I have him at nine. ADP much higher on Yahoo, 42.5, 67.2 on fan tracks for an ADP of 54.8, which is the exact same as Semyon Varlamov. So we just kind of oh. chat on Semyon Varlamov. Give me Fleury over Varlamov. One guy that is is for sure going to start a ton of games this year is Mark Andre Fleury. So while I kind of see what Mike is saying, I think there is still an avenue for Fleury to flirt with that top five. I'm not going to, I'm not going to draft him there, but if you can get him at the seventh, eighth, ninth goalie off the board, I think that's pretty decent value. And there is some upside there. I'm going to say it again, revenge to her baby. Um, Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, we saw we saw it happen in Vegas a couple of years ago. This is not my main point, so I'm not going to start with it. Um, but uh, the reason why I have him so high, really, just uh, we've talked about it, and you just mentioned it. He's going to get a ton of starts later on in this episode. Um, I'm going to shit on Kevin Lankinen, and I apologize, <laughs> Kevin Lankinen. If you listen, we're not going to be friends. Like you might, you might delete me off all social media i don't even you wouldn't even be following me but um let's just say kevin lankin is not gonna like me after the show but um for that reason i do love mark andre flurry um like you said he's brought there to put on a starter load this is a much better team than we saw last year last year was kind of just like uh oh shit jonathan Taze didn't show up to camp 
Kirby Doc broke his hand. What the fuck do we do? Kind of season. And uh, they were so and, good. And they it actually turned out quite well. Bring in someone named Seth Jones. I do know that Mike mentioned that, you know, Seth Jones didn't have the greatest years last year. Another revenge tour guy. And when we got dualies on revenge tour, Brock, makes for, it makes for a pretty gross tour. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, 36 years old, coming off of Besna winning season. Yes, he's playing for Vegas. But it was just so hard for me to not put last year's Vesna winning goalie because he, as much as he played for Vegas, he deservedly, and I'm saying this as a guy who had a dog in the fight with Grubauer, he deservedly played like a Vesna goalie last year. He stood on his head. He won games when they needed him to win games. And, and I just could not keep him. Uh, not that maybe he should be in the top five. There's definitely, you know, he could go five to seven. These are all so close here. Agreed. Um, but as, as a certified starter on a team that I think is going to score a lot of goals, their power play this year is going to be straight fire. We know it always is. Um, not to sound like a young person, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to dominate. Um, and uh, that's one thing we can take for granted. Um, aside from that, you know, um, maybe he hurts, he hurts your save percentage a bit because he's going to be taking a ton of shots. Maybe he hurts your goals against a little bit because he's taking, you know, a lot of goals against, but you can pick and choose some battles for flurry this year that I think are going to be really nice. Um, whenever he plays Detroit, slot him in for a nice, easy dub. Hey, 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 um, hey, hey, hey. Sorry, I gotta I gotta go there while I still can before they their pieces start to click because you know they will. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I like I guess I'm going on the seat like I'm I'm going. Mark Andre Fleury's a good goalie. It, I'm going off the ceiling of a 36 year old, and it's kind of like causing my brain to to mush because you know I'm the a 35 year old just won the Vesna. Exactly. Um, and Chicago's going to be a decent team. I think Chicago's borderline playoff team. They have a couple things, obviously, defensive to work on. But a, another thing, you know, you take out Adam Boquist, who's a, a non-defensive defenseman. He's all offense, and you bring in Seth Jones. It's a little bit of a switch. Should help your goaltender a little bit. It's another aging team. I don't know what the, what's going on with Taze, but if he does come back at any point this he year, looks, he looks fine. Yeah. So yeah. Well, so Taze coming back. You're bringing back. Your captain. I, you're bringing back a, no. I'm going for a crazy statement. A top three defensive center in in the like one a top five maybe defensive center. He's unbelievable on faceoffs. That is that's you know 45 percent of faceoffs in your own offensive zone that are just now done by Jonathan Taze. Anyways, I'm just I'm just pushing this point way too hard. But I, I like Mark Andre Fleury this year. I've never honestly liked him in fantasy hockey. And, I love the, uh, I love the fire out of you right now, with Mark Andre Fleury. The amount of table banging that I heard. I think it's because he's off Vegas and I just disliked him on Vegas so much. And he just robbed Colorado so bad last year. So I'm like, man, I got to give this guy his dues. I think he got, I think he got crapped on this off season by Vegas. They treated him like, 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 like a, like a third girlfriend. Another Um, sword of the back. eh? Yeah. And he's your Vesna winning goalie. And and you let him figure out over Twitter that he's been traded to Chicago. Nice guys over there in Vegas. Give it away. So yeah. Giving him, giving him the friggin' uh, Draper treatment. It was like uh, it was basically like the same way Gerard Gallant got fired from Florida. I just left him on the side of the road. Yeah, pretty. That's pretty much exactly what happened. I'm pretty sure that Mark Andre and Gerard are gonna. Yeah, they should start a club like the F Vegas Club, and I'll join right in. <laughs> so Flurry, I have him projected for 52 starts, exact same amount as Shesterkin. The win per the win basically the same. One more win for Shesterkin. The save percentage identical, 917. A little bit higher of a goals against average for Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously playing for yeah. the Blackhawks, but I don't think it's going to crush you. Uh, so I, I, I like Fleury quite a bit this year as well. Let's move along a little bit quicker here. Let's not bang so many tables. I know we like to talk about goalies. It's hard not to, but yeah, our consensus number eight and really kind of looks like he uh, ends a tier 
before it drops off a little bit is Jordan Bennington. Um, number seven for me, number seven for Dylan, number 12 for you. So again, you might have to bang on some more tables, but Bennington's another guy that I am much higher on than the general public this year. Uh, ADP is 92.5 on fan tracks, 85.8 on Yahoo for an ADP overall of 89.2. Um, I just think again, that this is another one of those guys that does not have a lot of competition for starts. And these, these net miners are very hard to come by. They're very few and far between. Uh, so I have him projected uh, to start 55 games, which I only have five other goaltenders, six other goaltenders, excuse me, um, projected to start 55 plus games this season. So are the blues going to be great? Probably not, but they get in Vladdy back. They add Brandon. So they're still going to be a very, very good team. Um, so I, I think Bennington, you know, is he going to reach 30 wins? Maybe not high twenties, almost guaranteed. Villahuso has not shown anything at the NHL level. There is nobody pushing this guy for start. So Bennington to me is just one of the few guys who you can count on to start close to 60 games on a reasonably good hockey team. There's a couple other boys that we're going to talk about like Thatcher Demko, like Jacob Markstrom, who are probably going to start close to the same amount of games, but their teams are just not as high quality. So Bennington is, is somebody that I probably am going to target a lot right now because the general public seems to forget just how good uh, he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I was a little harsh on Jordan Bennington when you, when you do bring up the, the starts that he is going to get, there's definitely a case there. So for me to drop him in 12, sorry, Bennington, uh, that one's on me. But at the same time, uh, I, now I got to, you know, I got to make my bed or I made my bed. I now got to sleep in it. Um, so <laughs> a 9-11 save percentage last two years. And that's been majority um, majority of Bennington's career. Besides that absolutely crazy bonkers first year that he put up um, where he took him straight to the Stanley Cup finals and won it. Um you know, he hasn't really been that great of a fantasy goalie. Otherwise, been, been someone who you almost have to be selective with starts at certain points of the year when he is really struggling. Uh, I just hate doing that as a guy that we're still considering in a 10-team league, your first goalie off the board. Um, I like some of the other options here. They might not get as many starts, but at least I'm not going to be as nervous starting them. I, it, 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 it leads to a bit more time on daily faceoff, but that pays a bit more of Brock's bills. So that's yeah, I like too. it. Um, yeah, for me, for me, it's just, it, I don't know why. I'm still just not confident in him. He has put up a 915 career save percentage, again, boosted by that early early season, and that's only across just 100 and a bit games. Uh, it's someone that they they gave a ton of money to a couple off seasons ago, and it kind of did lead to a question, few question marks from, from some people. And, and after last year's performance, I mean, it, it's completely justifiable. I think St. Louis is, is a team that's more on the down than they are the up. You did mention that. Tarasenko's coming back. We don't really know what's going on there. Uh, it, they just don't seem to be the St. Louis powerhouse of old. They still are a decent team, but they're just, you know. Um, I, and just, I agree. With, I agree with you there. Yeah. I don't think they're a powerhouse, but I think that they're they're still. I think it's the difference is they are much more trustworthy defensively. Yeah, then, I, I like yeah. like then like the Canucks, then the Flames, other goals like. I would much rather these guys than Demko and Markstrom who are going to start 55 games. I didn't have Demko in my top 15, so. Neither did I. You don't got to preach that one. Um, um, but Mark, Markstrom, I do have above Bingington. 
mostly just for the fact that that I expect Marsh Markstrom to kind of you know put up a 920 where I expect a 910 from Binghamton and and the same amount of starts yeah worse D but you know I'll, I'll take a little bit more goals against if it means a little bit better save percentage and honestly just for my own state of mind so that I don't have to look at my fantasy team again while I'm going to the bathroom and go oh my god Binghamton you shit the bed again bud um so so for that sake I I, I think Monk I think that whole Calgary team's in for for a nice uh I'm a nice a little, turn of the tide, and uh, and I think Markstrom's part of that play. I'm a I love Markstrom. I love drafting Markstrom right now because his ADP is mm-hmm. like is disgusting. Yeah. His no ADP makes Mark, no 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 sense whatsoever. Markstrom's current ADP, uh, which again we'll, we'll get to the guy above him right now. But since we're comparing the two, Bennington's ADP is eighty nine point two. Uh, Markstrom is 114.1 on Yahoo though. Markstrom's ADP is 137.6, which is by Why? far the lowest, by far the lowest on our top 15. Um, Brock, so yeah, Delkovich is 140 on Yahoo. Who, it makes no as sense. you mentioned is playing against has the hardest goalie yes. schedule of yes. anyone in the league yes. and plays on the Detroit Red Wings. He's getting drafted at the same spot as Markstrom. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, it, again, going back to the goaltending strength of schedule, which you can find on daily face off in our draft kit. Yeah, it Louis- might sound repetitive, but honestly, it is so freaking useful for goalies that this 100%. is good. This is like the prof prof in university who's repeating the same shit because this will be on the exam. So exactly. Uh, St. Louis is 18. So a bit of a stiffer comp, uh, schedule for St. Louis, uh, Calgary comes in at 10th. Uh, very nice schedule for them. Mm-hmm. The only real concern I have with Marshram is, the Flames blue line looks like dog shit. Like, I think they're going <laughs> to yeah, be terrible. Like, I love the group of forwards that they've put together. I think that is it is one of the better top nines in the NHL. I, I really do. I think it's very solid. You know, Noah Hannafin and, and Chris Tanev, I can get behind that. But when you bring in, on purpose, Nikita Zadorov and Eric and Branson, I'm, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't understand it. That blue line... I think honestly, I could burn that blue line going outside, and I I got COVID legs right now in Beer League Puck. Um, but those are some absolute pylons. They'll hit you hard, but like fuck, they won't. If they get a hold of you, you're you're in big trouble. But but like they might not be able to get to you. I just I I am. That's my only hesitation with the Flames. I do think that they're probably a better hockey team than they were last year. I think Daryl Sutter's going to have them playing hard. I think Daryl Sutter's clearly the reason they brought in Zadorov and Branson because he just wants to pound you into the yeah, ground. He thinks we're still playing in the nineties. And that is, is a, that's scary. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, um, those are my, that's my only hesitation. They're going to hit Edmonton though. Oh, McDavid is going them. to slice through that defense like oh butter, God. man. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. That's um, one thing. If you draft, draft Markstrom, just don't start him against Edmonton. So you have Biddington at 12 Markstrom at 10. Uh, I have Markstrom at 10 as well. Dylan has him at 14. He comes in as our consensus number 11. So we skipped back a couple spots. Let's move back to number 10 here to round out our top 10. We have Linus Allmark. We're all pretty much in the same boat here. You have at nine, Dylan at 10, me at 11. Um, I really, really like Linus Allmark. Again, uh, Mike, we kind of touched on it a little bit. There has been some injury concerns, but he's really got no respect. I think he's a very good goalie. You brought up a good point about later. It's a very similar situation. Um, I think Allmark on this Bruins team could be very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to invest some stock in Linus Allmark this year. My only hesitation is Jeremy Swayman showed out last year. He was great in a brief 
time with the Bruins. And I, we've already heard statements from Boston saying that there is a very real chance that these two split time. So yeah. while Allmark is coming over and it's very easy to envision Allmark having a top maybe five fantasy season if he starts 60% of the games, if he only starts 50 suddenly he just doesn't have that same kind of punch, that same value. So I really do like Linus Allmark. I think he's going to have a really good season. Obviously the best season of his career. It's a very good hockey team in Boston, but I am just a little hesitant on how many games he's actually going to play because the average fantasy owner or whoever's going through these lists, right, is going to see Jeremy Swayman probably never heard of the guy and he's going to be like Linus Allmark. And he might just go a little cool last year. Yeah, he might just go a little earlier um, than he should. So I really do like Allmark. I think he's in for a great year, but I just, I don't know if I can get fully behind it. Brock, I got Allmark at nine, which is higher than any of us three, which is hilarious. I I, uh, I, I kind of assumed that would happen, but I didn't even think it'd be this close. I thought you guys would have him a little bit deeper. Um, and I'm still going to say something that's a little concerning Tuka Rask is still on this earth. He still has plans. I I don't. He said I, he only wants to play for the Bruins, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's done yet. I mean, why would he be? He still clearly has some juice in the tank. That's going to take some starts. And if we're going with three goalies, that might hurt it, hurt a bit. But at the same time, I, 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 I part of my French, I fucking love Linus Allmark. I think this guy has been, like you said, an, he's, he's been a, so disrespected, a stud on a terrible team. I, I, I've been getting this guy on my fantasy roster while he's been playing for Buffalo almost every year for the past three years. And it actually hasn't come back to burn me that hard besides his injuries. Every time this guy gets hurt, Buffalo is competing. People kind of forget that two years ago, this guy's having an over nine twenty plus save percentage year. Buffalo's in a playoff spot. He gets hurt. They lose 13 or 14 straight. I believe it was with Carter Hutton in net. And it just goes to show. I think this guy can, hold down a number one spot and he can hold down a number one spot in Boston. Um, so if Ras doesn't return for a little bit, he'll be good. And even if Ras does return, I think Olmark's the one a guy there. Um, I, I, I just, it, it has way too many parallels to Laner a few years ago. Um, big tendy plus nine twenty save percentage every year. Um, a ton of shots played for Buffalo. Um, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I think if you get Allmark, I think he's going to drop further than he should in a lot of drafts. And I think you're going to be a happy camper when you got him. I think the one thing too, maybe a little bit of a misconception is that the, the Sabres have just been complete dog shit. They haven't been terrible defensively, no. but they're bottom 10, right? They're below average. They're not the worst by it. They haven't been the worst by a mile. They might be this year, but they haven't been the worst, right? They're, they're still bottom 10. So he's not playing with very good, you know, uh, defense in front of him still managed a nine sixteen save percentage and 54 starts in the last two years combined. It's impressive. You yeah. can't say like, even the yeah. goals against average is like 67. Like it's still pretty good. His, his winning percentage is above 500. Seems not very good. I'm telling you, man, years. when he is in the lineup, that it's a different team. I almost feel bad because it just seems like Buffalo. We see these, these such heavy swings and like where they're, they're okay. And then just something happens at one point in the year. And then all of a sudden all the shit hits the fan and it's kind of, I don't know if anyone's noticed what's been happening is Omar's been getting hurt. It's definitely a key contributor. So, you know, keep this guy healthy with, with a, with a medium workload, give him a 60%, 40% with Swayman. 
I think he stays healthy. He gets the wins when you need him. And this guy's going to be a stud. I think we're, I think we're about to witness a breakout here. So just, uh, just to give you an idea, the New York Islanders in 2018, 19 were, you know, okay. They weren't great. They were a solid defensive team. They weren't the best, but they were solid. Robin later goes there his first year out of Buffalo Posts a 213 goals against average and a 913 save per, or 930 save percentage. I was going to say, yep. And that was on like a, that wasn't on like the best defensive team. That was an aging no. Keith, an aging Seabrook. Um, they no, no, the Islanders, their, Islanders, Islanders. Or sorry, Islanders, my bad. Um, yeah, I was thinking Chicago the year after. No, that. even um, when he went to Chicago, though, 918 save percentage. Like it, it, he was, he was Vegas 940, Vegas last year 913. So as soon as he left, as soon as he left Buffalo, it which feels. What, while he was with Buffalo, 916 save percentage. As soon as he got out of Buffalo, 923 save percentage. That's the it type of the exact glow same. up we can, we can expect from Omar. Yeah, I remember watching Laner back and even having Laner in fantasy back in the day thinking, God damn, this guy would be sweet if he was on an actual good team. And it's the exact same thing. Like, I, I remember watching Omar last year, have him in fantasy last year, thinking, God, God damn. damn, this dude would be sweet if he was on a good team. And here we are, full circle, baby. All right, number 12. Let's roll through our 12 through 15 rather yeah. quickly here. Number 12, we've got Philip Grubauer. You have him at 11. Not surprised. He's your boy. Uh, me and is Dylan he, both. Is he, my, is he my boy, Brock? Uh, he was. Uh, me and Dylan have him at 13. So you're a little bit higher. Um, again, uh, I, I like Grubauer a lot. I think he's a really good goalie. Just I'm, a, really I'm, good. I'm a little concerned about how well the uh, Seattle Kraken are going to play this year. I think they're okay. Um I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they finish, you know, 500. Um, anything over 500, I'd be pretty surprised. Uh, so I, I don't think we're going to see that like magical Vegas Golden Knights season again, right? Like that just can't happen again. I just don't think it can happen again. No. Um, and uh, for those Chris people who are very like, good, like you said, yeah. For those people who are like, oh, it can happen. In the last 20 years, there's been like four or five other teams added and it's not come nowhere. I think if you put their combined records, they wouldn't make the playoffs in their first year. So this Vegas thing was a total anomaly. Um, in, in, to, yeah. to just counterpoint there though, the, the selection process or expansion process were was a different. little yeah. different. So like, they have predators a little, were a bit different than Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Like they have a little bit of a better chance, but it still doesn't look. So uh, we actually have a props article coming out in DFO. I think tomorrow, maybe tonight um, wow. just over under for, you know, betting like teams when, in the preseason. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to rely on Vegas and Vegas alone when you're doing your drafting process, take Grubauer. They have the over-under, and I'm, I want to bet my mortgage on it. They have the over-under for the Seattle Kraken at like 94 points, which is nuts. What? Like, where? <laughs> how much money can we pull together and put it all there? You so know what scares me is Vegas is always usually fucking close or right like i feel like that's a lot of points man that's a ton of points to be just shy of 100 that's that's a high playoff or not high but that's like a medium medium level playoff berth that'd be like 43 wins i don't know about it's insane that's a lot of wins man that's a lot maybe it's all because the grubauer train chugga chugga chew so anyways if you want to rely on vegas then maybe grubauer is a good pick but um, you know, Dreger's still there. It's probably not going to be that great of a hockey team. Number 13 is Cam Talbot. I have Talbot at 12. You have him at 13. Dylan has buried him at 15. Uh, Fantrax <laughs> ADP 125.5, very high. 
Uh, Yahoo ADP 67.3. So depends which site you're playing on. I think obviously at Fantrax 125 total steal. Um, Yahoo 67.3. I think that's too rich. I love Talbot. I loved him last year. He was my sleeper of the year last year. Uh, goaltender. He was great. I wouldn't take him at 67. Capo um, okay. Kakinen showed that he was very solid last year. Great name. Talbot. Talbot's probably still going to see 60% of the starts here, but you know, he's got a really good, uh, really good backup. So it's going to be tough for him to really take that like crazy next step um, in terms of just workload. But I think Talbot's solid. I think the Wild are are still a very solid team, very sound defensively at the very least. Um, last year, they were right around the top 10 in all the major defensive categories, um, you know, expected goals against. Uh, ch- chances against high danger chances against they were near the top they actually have the fewest high danger chances in the league top 10 in the other two so um, it's a very reliable defensive team I like Talbot yeah I uh, I honestly I, I actually laughed there it sounded like I laughed at D's 15 ranking but I was more laughing at the fact that I, I assumed I'd be I'd have him the lowest because I've never been really a Talbot fan um, Brock's usually been the one who's been pumping them and, and, and it's gone and be a successful pump these last couple of years i just like uh, to be in minnesota i think they're a good defensive team no I, I, I i'll admit um i was wrong um you were right uh last year and um because because yeah last year you're pumping talbot to the moon and i was like god damn i'm like i i think cam talbot's just a super super average goalie and then uh he turned out to be a higher and fantasy option when healthy um but yeah i really like capital kacknan behind him um, I think that this team is, uh, I don't know. Again, I want, I, I said they weren't going to be good last year. They're a playoff team. I don't really know. I um, <laughs> don't know what to say. About so me. that's why I kind of got them floating around there at 13. Uh, good to see D also doesn't love them as much as I do though. Cause it made me feel a bit better about it. Cause I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm low. Number 14, Tristan Jari. He's Dylan's boy. boy. I can't believe he's not here to talk about him. We should have had him just, just like, in. In just for the- you say yeah. Tristan, you say Tristan. We should have had him send in just a video clip or an audio clip just to talk about him. He has him at 11. So no, unsurprising. D absolutely loves him. I actually, when I saw that, I just started dying laughing. I'm like, he's just fucking with us. And then I he honestly, he genuinely bet that he had him highest oh, of yeah. all of us. Like Not I would put close. my mortgage on that. You, you have him at 14, which is his, uh, consensus ranking for us i actually had him outside of my top 15 i did have him at 16 though so just to be fair um so he made, he moves his way into 14 for us uh tristan jari uh very up and down uh you know in 2019 didn't play a lot 2020 at 921 he was great last year played a ton 38 starts in a 56 game season 125 games so definitely a guy that can win some games he had a 909 save percentage I don't love Tristan Jari. I don't think he's that great of a goalie. Um, and then I, Pittsburgh's I, super average too. I just, Sorry, I, I just don't think. Yeah, they're headed in the wrong direction. You're not going to have Crosby to start the season. You're not going to have Malkin for two months. Well, that's they two have solid their centers. number their number one center heading into the lead, into the season is Jeff Carter. Their number two center right now is Redeem Zahorna, which <laughs> I guarantee you that. 85% minimum of our listeners have never heard of. Pretty sure 85% including us can't even pronounce this guy's name. No Probably offense. not. Redeem's a horna. He's a monster. He has good numbers overseas. He's showed out in camp. I think he'll probably be fine. Redeems are always good at hockey too. Ravada, you know, it just happens. It's a, classic. It, it, it's a lineage of redeems. Um, exactly. So I just, I couldn't get behind. I couldn't get behind him. And while Casey DeSmith hasn't been good, He's still lingering. He's still, you know, probably an above average backup uh, in the NHL. So 
I just I couldn't pull the trigger on on uh, Tristan Jari in my top fifteen, uh, especially when number fifteen is Carter Hart. This is a guy that is probably going to start uh, a lot of games for a team that should be much better. They go out and get our boy Ryan Ellis. They go out and get our boy Risto. Risto. Uh, this team should be better, <laughs> and then they bring in Martin Jones to be his backup. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. Let me just read off Martin Jones' save percentage in the last three seasons. 2019, 896. 2020, 896. Mm. 2021, 896. Mm. So consistent as all hell. That yeah. is over the course. You know what you're getting. That is over the course of 135 starts, and he just managed to post an 896 save percentage Every damn time. So that leads me to believe. I think that's a pretty good sample size. Would you agree, Beams? That's a ridiculously like. How do you not cut the sample off early? I would. It leads me to believe that he's shit. Yeah, he's not good. So Carter Hart has got no competition because that boy is bad. Um, Carter Hart disappointing last year. I think his save percentage. I'm trying to pull it up as we speak. Was a nine oh five. Could have been lower. Uh, I will let you know for sure in a moment. But he is still only 23 years old. Just turned 23 in August. He had an 877 yeah, last year. So I was off. Yeah, but was over the, over his career, excuse me, I did know his, his career is 905. Uh, yeah. So I didn't know exactly what was going on there. But anyways, he's going to start a ton of games. He's this actually my better. sleeper later, so I, I'm, I'm I'm totally on board with him making top 15. So. Yeah, I, I think obviously you know he he was much better uh, the year prior, nine twenty six in the postseason, nine fourteen in the regular season. I just think that there's bounce back potential here, um, where I don't see it with Tristan Jari. Right, like I think we know what Tristan Jari is. I think Carter Hart at 23 years old could be outstanding this year. I think sleeper for you, tremendous pick. He was going to be mine as well. I, I love that pick. He he legitimately can play himself into a number one fantasy role and he is not being drafted as that at all. Yeah. Well while we're talking about it, I might as well just kind of just rip into mine because it, it's so just right there. I, I this is a guy at 23 years old. A lot of times a lot of goalies are starting their careers at this point. They haven't uh-huh. even taken a piece of rubber to their pads yet from an NHLer. And Carter Hart's done the ups. He's done the downs. Well, he's got to come back up. This is a guy a lot of people are saying, hey, this is Canada's number one goaltender going forward um, in the Olympics. They were expecting this guy to be our guy. So it does really hurt us to see him put up an 877 last year. And I honestly, I don't think anyone could understand what was going on. It was it was bad. I was trying to make low ball trades for him all year. And thank God people didn't accept him because he's not, wasn't even rosterable. But as mentioned, coming 23, 24 year old season, he has absolute zero pressure behind him in Martin Jones. Uh, I think this team's going to be a lot better defensively this year. And it's someone he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's never had a, a bad season. Um, I, you could say that, go look up his stats. He put up a nine forty one in the nine forty seven, nine forty seven. My bad. How the, Anyone who scored a goal that season on Carter Hart, like, congrats. You scored on probably the greatest junior goalie ever. Someone like that, you don't put up store, like stats like that. You don't do the things he did in his early years. He has a 914 career save percentage after last year's shit season. It's crazy. Um, 
well, actually, sorry, that was uh, that was his year before. I thought that was his career one, but that was nine year five. Four. But last Still, year was yeah. dog shit. Yeah, we're all over the place with this percentage. But he he's came in off a nine fourteen year. Um, I believe last year a lot of people had him almost in the top five. Um, certified number one starter, as we talked about, we love that on any team. And I think I think I think Philly's going to surprise some people this year. I think they're going to be okay. Um, and when, while they are, he should get the dub at the point where you're going to get him one thirty three ADP on Yahoo. Um, I do not have our fan track or fan tracks has that one Oh five. So a little bit smarter on fan tracks there. Duh. Um, because everyone uses that is, uh, is locked right in this year. They know what's up. Uh, but yeah, who's got him at one thirty three. That's going around the likes. Uh, Jacob Markstrom somehow. Jacob Markstrom, <laughs> which uh, that just doesn't make sense. So we can't mention that. But again, I already dropped his name. Nadelkovich is Mike, going out. Mike 140. Smith, Vitek said Jeremy Swayman. Uh, all right around where yeah. Carter Hart's going right now, which, which is crazy. Is absolutely bonkers. If you can have a guy like Brock Setti, you can chuck up and potentially get as, and I don't even think it's it, like, it's not crazy in any way to assume that he's going to be a number one goaltender this year, or like a number one fantasy goaltender this year. I don't think it's crazy at all because he's shown he can do it before at the age of 22. Um, I think Ellis is so goddamn underrated. We talk about it all the time. Windsor alert. Um, Provorov, Risto. There's some pieces there. Kevin Hayes is a great defensive center. Um, it's going to be a bounce back year for Carter Hart. And uh, I think next year we're going to be talking about him back in the top 10 of goalies. And uh, mm-hmm. I think people are sleeping the shit on this guy. And let's I start think, drafting him earlier, boys. I think we're basically, if you don't think he's good, you're basically just calling him Justin Pogge at this point. Um, yeah. Last year was clearly an anomaly. Like no goalie goes 14 documented years putting up over a 900 save percentage in their life in every league they play in and then just automatically become an 870 goalie. That's just not how this works. I think the one thing that speaks volumes to his potential bounce backs uh, candidacy here is that the Flyers were actually still very good defensively last year. They were a top 10 defensive team in the NHL and he still struggled. So yeah. that's not, had to be great, that's not a great sign. But if the Carter Hart that we think is going to show up shows up behind a top 10 defensive team, which we're saying that they've added these pieces and they should be better. Ryan Ellis is tremendous. They should be better defensively. The thing is they were already good. Mm-hmm. So if they continue to be good, they continue to get better. If they become a top five defensive team, he can't suck at that point. He really can't. If he's the goal, it can't be worse is, than last year. It no. cannot. Well, it certainly can't be. I just think, you know, I would be more hesitant to be like, yeah, man, this guy is going to be bouncing back if he was being drafted 63. He's being drafted 133. So I'll take all the hard Carter Hart I can get uh, at this point in time. So that is going to wrap up our top 15 net miners. Uh, there was you and Dylan had uh, pretty much the same top 15, at least goaltenders. The only person that I had ranked in my top 15 that didn't crack our consensus top 15 was Spencer Knight. Um, I get that Sergei Bobrovsky's still there. I get that Sergei Bobrovsky's going to make a ton of money this year. I just think that it's a ceiling pick. When Knight is in the in the net and we've seen Bobrovsky get hurt, Knight could explode. I would much rather take a chance on Spencer Knight than Tristan Jari. He's a better goalie. He's on a better hockey team. I like Spencer Knight a ton this year. Uh, his current ADP on Yahoo is 84.9. Uh, going ahead of Jordan Bennington, which obviously I have Jordan Bennington higher. So I think Knight 
has bust potential at that value. I think it's pretty high for a guy that could split starts, but when he's in the net, he could start 41 games and win 30 of them this year. So mm-hmm. uh, I really, really like Spencer Knight this year. So I had him just cracking my top 15 outside of yours. Uh, all right. Elvis Merzlikens is my sleeper as we move along here. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens on Fantrax 161 on Yahoo 172.1. No respect. 166 overall uh just no respect whatsoever that is an adp of the 14th round so if you're in a league with 15 16 rounds he's basically undrafted that's Um, so stupid is it a columbus thing like yeah and you know what we've got obviously uh the fact that john tortorella is no longer there so maybe they're a slightly worse defensive team but they're a team that should be a little bit better offensively a team that should win some hockey games elvis merzlikens excuse me just signed a five-year 27 million dollar contract extension so obviously they're putting their faith in it he vastly outplayed uh jonas corpusalo last season i just think again i mentioned merzlikens name a couple episodes ago I think we were talking about Zach Rowenski or Liney at the time, whoever it was. We're obviously much higher than the general public are on the Blue Jackets, but this guy's basically going undrafted. He could very easily start 50 games this year. He has a 920 save percentage, okay? He's started 54 games to date in his NHL career. He's 21, 21, and 13, which is an outrageous number of overtime losses, but he's got a 254 goals against average and a 920 save percentage. If those are the numbers that he gives you over a 54 game sample this year, even if he goes 20, 20, 21, 21 and 13, who gives a shit? His splits are great. He's basically undrafted. He might be your fourth goalie. Uh, I, I think that the sky, I don't want to say this guy's limit. We say that too much, but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of upside here for Merzlikens at that ridiculously low ADP. So he's my sleeper at 166.5 between the two websites. Let's talk about fades. Or bust, but we'll call them fades because I, I I actually actually no yours is a bust. Mine's Mine a is bust, a fade. dude. Mine's an absolute bust. Mine's a fade. Mine's a drop. Mine's a don't draft. I don't know. Sorry, Kevy. Pop off on Kevin Lankinen. Yeah. For those of you who didn't catch the warning earlier, you've been warned. This is gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna chew into Kevin. It's someone who last year I was kind of watching. Uh, a lot of people just kind of go crazy because he was the roster, the, the free agent goalie to own, um, probably the year that you could pick up, get some starts, get some wins. But uh, Kevin didn't really have that great of a year, and I don't understand where people's heads are at when they're drafting this season. Kevin Lankinen. Uh, uh Brock, how, how early do you think he's going in Yahoo leagues? He's the he, backup goalie for Chicago again. He's probably gonna get about 20% of starts. Um his ADP on Yahoo right now is 103.7. Oh. Now, okay, so when I first saw this, I was like, Okay, Kevin Lank and his family's been doing draft. He's only gonna be yeah. two percent drafted, seven percent drafted, yeah, seven, seventeen percent drafted. His ADP is 103.7. His draft percentage is 99. 99% of the time, he's going at 103 ahead of Jari, Hart, Markstrom, all those guys in our top 15. Cal Peterson. All, uh, I hate it. I don't, okay. There's, uh, there's, there's one player who stands out every year when we do these rankings as the eye popping. What the hell is he doing up there? And usually it's a leaf and it's hilarious. And it's like Martin Morenson or someone who has no right having fantasy relevance. 
And this year, it's clearly Kevin Lankinen. Like Brock said, just bonkers, 99% owned. Everyone's going for this guy. Why is he a hot commodity? I have zero clue. At 26 years old this year, he last year, rookie season, 25-year-old goalie. There's a reason he wasn't called up until he was 25. That's because this guy just two years ago was playing in the ECHL with a save percentage of 893. Granted, it's a six-game sample, but maybe that sample was short, Brock, because he only had an 893 save percentage. That team probably wanted to win a couple games. Anyways, next, I don't know how the hell he got up to Chicago, but that just goes to show how many injuries went down. I'm sorry, Kevin Lankinen again, digging into you. Um, but at 25, he finally makes it there just in time to put up a 909 save percentage with a 301 goals against and a mesmerizing two shutouts. Those two shutouts must have been on 11 shot efforts or something like that. But um, again, Kevin probably doesn't deserve this much respect. He got thrown in the tire fire last year and he played, for, he played way above his head, but he's now a backup goalie to the goalie that I had in my top five. Um, yeah. And the reason I had my goalie in my top five was because Marc-Andre Fleury is going to dominate this net. He is there to play. When he announced, I'm going to play for the Chicago Blackhawks and did that tweet or whatever that fuck it was where he put the jersey on that was actually super sick. So I'm like, yeah, he's back. I think he made that statement that Kevin Lankinen is no longer a fantasy-relevant tender. Um, even if Flurry were to go down, I would still be a little weary of getting Kevin Lankinen. Like you said, Brock, he's being drafted way before Carter Hart, about two rounds before Carter Hart, about two and a half rounds before Markstrom, about 84 rounds before Merzlinkis. Um, I just – the coolest thing about this guy is the fact that he played for a team literally just called Cuckoo out in Finland like five years ago. Um, sorry, Kevin Lankinen. At your ADP, it is mind-blowing. It's going to be so bad when Mike, McKenna, ADP. when Mike McKenna hires Kevin Lankinen at DFO. We have to really explain this one to him. And we have um, to delete this footage and be like, no, man, we, I, never, I th- we never released that episode. I think this will answer all, all of your questions here. Kevin Lankinen, ADP for me, or not ADP, rank 50th among goalies. Just ahead of Yaroslav Halak and Dan, Daniel Vlader behind James Reimer and Anthony Stellars. So that's that. All right, again, not so much as a of a bust as a fade for me, but it's Thatcher Demko, uh, Yahoo ADP 102.5, uh, Fantrax 71.3, uh, between the two sites, 86.9. I agree with everything Mike said about Thatcher Demko being a very, very good goaltender. I think Thatcher Demko, uh, you know, is going to kind of become like Linus Allmark, right? Like, God damn, I just wish he was on a better defensive team. I just think that this team, you know, while they might score a lot of goals, they just blow defensively. Uh, last year, they were dead last in the NHL in expected goals against. They were dead last in scoring chances against. And they were second last in high danger chances against. This is the worst offensive team in hockey a year ago. Uh, I do like Oliver Ekman Larson, the player. Um, I do not like Oliver Ekman Larson as a guy that you can rely on to be like a really good defensive defenseman. Offensively, he's outstanding. I just don't see it with this team. I just don't think that they're going to be any better defensively. Could Quinn Hughes take a step forward? Sure. Um, You know, 
I just, their blue line, like Ekman Larson, Tucker Pullman, Ole Ulevi, Tyler Myers, Travis Hamannick's not even there right now. Yeah. I just don't see it with this team defensively. I, I think obviously offensively, great. You know, once they sign Pedersen, great. Besser, Hoglander, Garland, JT Millie, Vaselli put Colson's going to come up and be great. Horvat's still there. Tanner Pe- I think it's a good offense. Defensively, they terrify me. And the Thatcher Demko being drafted where he is, it's just too high. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't really see it with Thatcher here. Uh, you know, going ahead of, of some other guys that are in my top 15, like Hart, like Markstrom. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I think it's just a little too early. Like he's going right around where Bennington and Allmark are going. And I much prefer both those guys teams. Um, so I, I do really like Thatcher Demko, the goalie. I just hate the Vancouver Canucks as a defensive team. Yeah, nope, that's that's totally totally reasonable. Um I it, one of the common themes like and it's why we stress the strength of schedule is just being in in what what position you're in and, and on what team you're in and we're just this is going to be a, like you said a classic case of a good goalie and a bad team. And again, just to go back to goaltender strength of schedule 26th for the Vancouver Canucks, so not good. They're playing a lot of Maple Leafs, playing a lot of Oilers. 26 of of 32, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's 32 now. Yeah, yeah, the other day I was talking to someone and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to, I got about the podcast. I was like, yeah, I got to, you know, cover all, I kind of got to watch all 32 teams in my head. I was like, oh, shit, this is like football now. 32. Here we are. But who's your breakout? I know we had Mike go over a bunch of his. We have a couple more here. Let's finish off the show with our breakouts. Yeah, actually, and my breakout, I was originally going to do Cal Peterson, but, um, but with uh, with Mike going going into him there, I didn't want to you know kind of beat the drum too much there. So I decided to go back to a clear friend of the show and uh, someone who I'm gonna need to get vaccinated. But Mackenzie Blackwood uh, <laughs> just came out today, actually, while I was researching. I'm a little little scared and said that he is unvaxxed, so we're not sure that's gonna work as far as his Canadian games go. Um, but Mackenzie Blackwood currently going at 147 in fan tracks leagues and 104 in Yahoo leagues. This is a guy who, I mean, I could probably read exactly what I said last year in my goalie episode, because I believe I did exactly this for him. Um, it's, it, it's someone who I, almost every episode I'm saying how much I like New Jersey, um, which is hilarious to say, but they, they are a team that's on the rise. A guy who in 2018, 2019 started 23 games on a pretty bad team, still put up a 918 save percentage. 2019, 2020, 915 save percentage. Last year, a little off year, put up a 902 save percentage, which is going to have him drop in a lot of people's drafts. But I think you got to look at him a lot more like a Carter Hart, someone who just had an off year, someone who had some injuries. And uh, last year, just things in New Jersey just didn't quite fall into place. At the beginning of the year last year, Kenzie Blackwood. I believe after the first month, I had a friend actually message me. I took Blackwood in the keeper league one spot before he did. And he took Varlamov. He messaged me saying, shit, man, I knew you made the right choice there. And he's like, I really wanted Blackwood. But about two months later, it was the total opposite flip of the switch. If we can get that type of Mackenzie Blackwood out of him on a much, much improved team. I think we're in for, um, someone who could really break out someone who could find their way into the top 20 because he's not even being really considered in that right now. Um, only 24 years old, again, almost the shadow of, of he is, he's the, well, let's say the worst Carter Hart. He is the less talked about Carter Hart on a worse team. Um, 24 years old, still very young. Um, Jordan Bingington hadn't, 
played a game in the NHL until he was 25. Let's remind some people. Um, so, you know, it's a, uh, it's a guy who's proven he can take the load. He's played 47 games two years ago. It's not like a 50 game season is out of his arsenal. Um, it's nothing crazy. I think Mackenzie Blackwood could stay healthy. Mackenzie Blackwood could stay on the ice. This is going to, this is going to lead to a little bit of a, of a breakout and I've kind of been waiting for this to happen. And it's going to be nice when I can finally be like, Holy shit, finally. And then I can stop talking to him about him as a breakout and start talking about him in our top 15. Yeah. You love Mackenzie Blackwood. And, I do. And I, know, and I know D loves Mackenzie Blackwood as well. So uh, I can get on board with it. Um, the only concern for me, obviously, well, the vaccination rate, our vaccination status isn't great, uh, but he shouldn't miss that many games because of it. So um, yeah, I don't think they have Jonathan Bernie being there is a little concerning, but I don't think that we need, when you're getting Blackwood, where you're getting Blackwood, you don't need to rely on him to start that many games, right? Yeah. If he starts, he 50, be choosy. if he starts 47, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then my breakout is, is pretty easy, um, but I just had to talk about it. Um, and I actually wrote up Darcy Kemper as well in my, and it hasn't been released yet, but uh, my breakouts from all 32 teams, uh, one breakout for each team. I have Darcy Kemper for the Avalanche just because all the reasons we talked about before, but I'm just going to go back to Robin later here for a minute. He's my breakout. Obviously it's a pretty easy one, uh, but I don't know if anybody knows this when, he, while with the Vegas Golden Knights, he's, only made 22 regular season starts. He's won 16 of them. Yeah, uh, that is a, a 73% winning percentage. If you extrapolate that, which we're going to, of course, it's the daily face-off podcast. It's what so I do. do. Maybe. If so you extrapolate do. that over 80 or over 60 starts, sorry, 82 games, I fucked up. But if you extrapolate that over 62 starts, uh, 60 starts, let's call it actually. That's 43.8 wins. That's 44 wins. This guy has lost four regulation games during his time with the Vegas Golden Knights. Woo. Four. Um, he's going to win a shitload of, of hockey games. He has a 9-17 save percentage, a 220 goals against average with the Vegas Golden Knights. They are an absolute wagon. Uh, wagon. So there's no reason to expect anything less from them this season. They are going to you know, pretty much dominate night in and night out, except for the nights where they play Colorado or whoever, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the best strength of schedule for goalies in the entire NHL. He's a, he's going to be outstanding. He has no competition with the rest of behind him. I love Robin Lander this year. And if you're going to pass on Andre Vasilevsky at six and get Lander at 30, I'm all in for that. Just quickly, before we wrap up today's show, I do just want to go over some of the tandems that we haven't spoken about yet. Obviously, because they're in tandems, they don't make it into our top 15, but I think we should go over them really quickly. Um, number two of the goaltender strength of schedule is the Carolina Hurricanes. They've got Freddie Anderson and Nancy Larry. Ronta there. Uh, I like both of them. Um, I, you know, I think Auntie Ranta is still one of the most underrated goalies in the NHL. He just needs to stay healthy. Frederick Anderson, very solid at times during his tenure in Toronto. Definitely a guy. I think both these guys can go to Carolina and really, really play well. Uh, if you get them as a goalie two, a goalie three, you're, you're laughing. I, I think they're both going to be very, very solid. Uh, obviously, you don't want to entrench one of them as your number one, but both guys that I think could finish the year in the top 20. The Maple Leafs, the third best strength of schedule, Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. 
the problem with these guys is I think one of them could really take the ball and run with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them could tr- be a tremendous value on drafting. Which one, which one is it going yeah. to be? Uh, so for me, I think I would much rather take my chances on Peter Morazic with Jack Campbell's current ADP being at 66, Peter Morazic at 84. I think that I would just rather go with the guy, whoever's going later. And I think the same can be said uh, with Auntie Ranta. Frederick Anderson's ADP, especially on Yahoo right now, is 44 going ahead of both Islanders goalies. I think that is way too high. Then on the flip side, you got to go to like the second page, I think, for Ranta's ADP. Uh, he might not even be getting drafted. He's not. He doesn't even have an ADP. Well, he probably Yahoo. is going to get hurt before camp's done, so it's chill. Uh, but I'm just saying, if you get him in the last round, I'm all <laughs> oh, absolutely. in on That's that. That's a steal, man. If you're if it's between him or he's not even on Kevin the ADP Lankin list, in, then I'm gonna take him. Yeah, uh, Florida Panthers, Kevin. the fifth best uh, strength of schedule for goalies. So even if you don't get Knight, Bobrovsky still seems like he'll be pretty solid. Uh, the Dallas Stars, again, I would probably avoid that situation at all costs because it's really, really confusing. But the seventh best strength of schedule um, in the NHL. Um, I, that's pretty much it. Those are the ones I really wanted to hit on, kind of talk about. Uh, the only other one that's worth probably mentioning is Washington. You've got Vitek Vanasek and Ilya Samsonov. But again, another one of the situations you really don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, they let Vanisek go and then got him back. back. So they clearly like him. Uh, I would still probably they clearly don't at the same I, time. Yeah, I guess. Like, eh, I, like, I guess I like you. I would champion Samson off as as the number one there. Uh, yeah. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Vanisek uh, start quite a few games this season as well. But anyways, that is going to do it for DFO season seven, episode seven of the Daily Face Off podcast. What a zinger. Uh, I am Brock Seagan. We got Dylan D. Berthium uh, not here. Michael B's Bondi is here. You know what is interesting, though? That it's just me and you here. My number in sports, 77. Your number in sports, 77. It's season yeah. seven, episode seven. Guess how many NHL teams Mike McKenna played for? Could it be seven? Could it, seven. Could it be lucky number seven, Brock? Seven. So Ooh, that's how many he played for. I think he was actually on 10 teams, but he only played for seven. But anyways, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Brought to you by our friends at Fantrax. Make sure you ditch ESPN, ditch Yahoo. Head over to Fantrax today. Get a chance to, uh, to win a signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. That's it. That's all the positional preview episodes that we have for you. Mm-hmm. We still got some more content coming out in the next couple of weeks, but the positional preview episodes are done. Make sure you tell your friends about them or don't because you're probably going to want to beat their ass in fantasy. But the friends that you're not playing against, make sure you share this stuff on social and, and, and steer forward to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we have a Twitter account at Daily Faceoff or at DFO Podcast. You guys can reach out to us at any time. I'm usually pretty, uh, I mean, I don't have a life, so I, I answer that all the time. Uh, Brock's around as well to give even better answers. Um, and if you guys want to reach us individually on Twitter, you can usually get back to you guys as well. Like Brock said, DFO to the moon um, at Daily Faceoff on, uh, on Twitter as well. Take a follow there. Take follow Frank, follow Mike. Um, Scott Burnside, Tim Peel, Mordon, so many more names. That are but all right, um, that's yeah. gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna let you it. handle D- Dylan's piece. But yeah, that's I- the that's the end of today's show. Enjoy the boost stones on the way out. We'll see you guys back here next time. I've been told I know how to perform. Peace. Nailed it. Shadow of mine.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.